Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. So it's been a full season for the Under Pressure Outdoors crew in the Hasmore Outdoor Products Silent Seat. And let me tell you, they're worth every penny. And here are some reasons why. Number one, you can't beat the comfort level. Number two, they don't hold in moisture like rain or sweat. Number three, they completely fold out of the way when you stand up, giving you a full range of motion in your climber. And number four, they cut down on your setup and breakdown times dramatically. Don't just take our word for it. Use offer code UPO15 and get 15% off your silent seat and many other U.S.-made accessories for your climber today. You can find Hasmore Outdoor Products on Facebook and hasmore.net. That's H-A-Z-M-O-R-E dot net. And in the link in this podcast description. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. Events-wise, I guess if you're listening to this one, you uh, you've already had your bottomless cup at the DU banquet. Hallelujah! Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, you got the uh, canoe trip coming up after that. It probably like this coming. Yeah, it may be tomorrow <laughs> by the time this episode comes out. <laughs> yeah, this one uh, this one will be out on. What, we got like forty dudes coming on that thing. Oh my gosh, man! I feel like there's more and more people picking up every single time. I think we've had. Uh, like three more people sign up this week. It's been insane. <clears throat> so this whole thing started out years ago. I used to take scouts down the Swanee River, mm-hmm. and we'd go fifty miles over five days. Right. And you know, then when I was started doing things in the outdoor space, I said, "You know, I'm gonna put this thing together." And the first time, uh, I think we had seven guys go. But man, when it started raining five minutes after we left, and when I say it was raining, it was just absolute. Downpour with it never. I don't think ever really stopped raining, but it was it was just like standing in the shower for five days, and it was still it was still an awesome trip. But a lot of guys pulled out. We had like five guys finish. The next year we had five guys come back, and some people were like, "Nope, one and done was fine with me." But then it grew to like eight. And you, your first one was what two years ago? Did you go on the third one? Was the first one? Mm -hmm. How many guys were on that? Was maybe a dozen. And then might have been a dozen, yeah. Last year we had a good group. We had some wild. We had like fifteen. Yeah, and all of a sudden now, like all the friends are bringing friends, and it's all down the twenty. All down. We have like twenty-four people this year. Isn't that where I used to go jet skiing? And that lady, yeah, that was the twenty. We were all water. It was a water jet ski club. And what are those fish that come out of the water? Sturgeon. 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 Okay. Yeah. So we're going down there. We're riding. It was about forty of us. We had a campground and everything. We were riding on the Swanee. She was on the jet ski with her kid, or her grand, grandkid, and the sturgeon came out and just ripped her in the face. She fell off. By the time we turned around, got her out, it was bad. Because oh. those things are like dinosaurs with bites yeah, on them. Yeah, dude, those things are her, huge. One of her fingers got ripped off. Ooh. She had, like, her whole face was cut. Her jet ski, she couldn't get back on her jet ski. The kid was lucky that he just kind of fell off when she got hit in the face. Yeah, she caught the brunt of it. Oh, they're all, they're all bony plated, man. They're, they're all, all bony plated. So I 
went back and I towed her jet ski back to the thing. Florida Wildlife shows up and they're like taking notes, writing everything down. And they're like, who moved the jet ski? And I'm like, me? Who moved the jet ski? And I'm like, me? And they're like, sir, we need to talk to you because you moved part of the crime scene. Well, the river's flowing, though. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? Leave it out there? And he's like, just, I'm going to let this go. But he goes, you never touch anything if you got to call forward to Fish and Wildlife. Huh. Don't ever move I was gonna say the river's flowing, man. So mm-hmm. by the time by the time you get to the jet ski, it's gonna be nowhere it's near be, where it, we went down. So we didn't go out to the Gulf, like out into the what am I the Gulf, the Gulf. Yeah, yeah, it flows towards the it, Gulf. It, yeah, we didn't go out there. We were heading upriver, so it was sitting there. But um, yeah, I could have gotten a lot of trouble that day. Nah, I I, I love guys from FWC, but yeah. crime scene <clears throat> for riding a jet ski and getting beaten in the face by a fish. I, yeah, I, yeah. Well, what charge? Yeah, right. Exactly. No, I mean, every now exactly. and again, every now and again, you run across one. You're like, you ain't like the rest of them fellas. You know, yeah. so. <laughs> That's probably what it was. Oh, there's yeah. one more of me out there. So if you're if you're listening to this on the 24th, is when which it'll drop on the 24th. We have nine days until the Swanee. Yeah, and then right after are we that, recording right now. We yeah. are. Yeah. Oh, you can go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you can go to the bathroom. We can edit it out. It's all good. You might want to pause it so we're not just killing yeah, dead air for Will. Sorry, Will. I'm trying, buddy. Yeah, it'll kill dead air. It's okay. <laughs> I've been going through our... But crawfish uh, boil. Well, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk okay. about that coming up. Um, I think it's pretty easy for them to edit out big chunks. Yeah, it is. They can just go this time slot to this time slot. <laughs> Done. Cool. I've been trying to go back through all of our footage. I've been taking this hard drive I got plugged in here. And go back through all of our footage from the time and try to pick out. Because I've been doing research on YouTube. And YouTube's completely like. YouTube's kind of gone to where your shorts, which are like your TikToks and stuff like that, are going to be what's going to get you your subscriber or, or your views. So it's the subscribers aren't king anymore on YouTube. So I've been going back through trying to find a bunch of stuff to where I can put shorts out on YouTube, and I might just take start taking our old TikToks and stuff and doing. So basically, a TikTok video on YouTube is what you're gonna be watching. No, I mean you still have your regular length videos. Yeah. But they they put a lot of emphasis on your shorts. But the thing is, you can't get you don't get monetized off your shorts. Oh, but your yeah. shorts are what people view more. Really? So you would get yeah you get subscribers off your shorts. <laughs> I don't watch any shorts on YouTube. Maybe that was weird. Bro, William was talking to Tyke the other day. Tyke wakes up two hour two like an hour and a half before Tyke ever gets up, he sits on YouTube and watch shorts. Hmm. It's just yeah, it's a separate whole separate breed of people that you're missing. Hmm. Yeah. So where were we talking about events, right? We already covered the Yeah, we're nine days. Uh if you're listening to this on the twenty fourth, we are nine days out from the Swanee. Nice. So hopefully most of us will come back because just a few short days after that we have the crawfish boil. Where's that at? That is at the Jolly Gator in Geneva, Florida on May 20th. It's uh, east of Sanford. Okay. All right. And we are, well, uh, we're, we're probably at 150 people. Yeah. Usually, you know, the tickets go bananas the last two weeks. So. I know. 
We're yeah, not, you know, like, if you're, in the if past you're listening years, to this right now and you have not bought a ticket for the crawfish bowl and you want to come, and this isn't just us trying to push tickets, this is legit. You might want to, you might want to put your forty bucks down and get your tickets because if we, we're gonna have to cut it off at three fifty. Certain, no, no way we're going past four hundred. No, we just won't have the parking That's and the people. We got to keep it safe. It's a lot of and people. we, I mean, I know a lot of people come for the mud run and they want to walk up. At the rate things are going, man, there's, there's a, at this point, I'm easily north of fifty fifty. We're gonna be turning people away. It's gonna suck too. But I came all the way. I'm sorry. Oh, We've been advertising this for months. Yeah, you you have you have uh, traffic at the boat ramp that's going to come, and then you have you know in the past couple of years we've been sitting at like at this point in time we've been sitting at like twenty tickets sold, and then by the time the boil comes around we've we're like by the end of the boil we have a hundred people that showed up. Wow. Yeah. To be clear, <clears throat> we're recording this in April. By the time you hear this, we're at 140, 150 tickets now. By the time you hear this, we'll probably be. At Quarter band, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, half a band. You know? yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, get your tickets. It's going to be a blast. All you can eat. Yeah, it is going to be a dang good time. And I so believe who, we probably that, should. That's about it. We have for events. Unless we put together a scallop trip or something like that. <laughs> well, we should probably introduce. Uh, go around the table. Yeah. So I'm your host tonight, Jordan. And then Kurt with Caribbean. Caribbean, yes. Caribbean Rub Company. Oh man, find the, the infamous Kurt Halls of Caribbean. <laughs> Oof, nice man! I'll tell you what. Just by the seasoning and stuff, he's brought him. I'm excited. Him. Yeah, he brought us him. lots of goodies. This Calypso sounds pretty good. It's. Have you tried to? That smell was the anything? original I one. Have. That was yeah. the original one. You got Jim here. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. And then you got the man Briar is finally back with us again too. Doing? And so Caribbean. So tell us a little bit about Caribbean. I mean, how how'd you get your start? Oh man. So how'd I get my start? I grew up in the Caribbean, so there's the first part of the name. Grew up in St. Croix. Um, born in Trinidad, grew up in St. Croix, and just watch, you know, grandma, mom, aunts cook all the time. And I like cooking, I like grilling, and um it just seemed like a natural next step to have my own seasoning line because a lot of seasonings out there and rubs are just salt, sugar, and chemicals. And I just use what I saw coming up using natural ingredients like your fresh oregano, fresh yeah. thyme, fresh everything. Yeah. And we made a small batch brand and it started in 2014 and we started with three, Calypso, Calypso, Kick, and Island Time. And here we are today. With so what does Briar have in his hand there? He this has is the Calypso. The original Calypso. Okay. The original Calypso. Yeah, that's one of the original three pack. I've and been over at this guy's house eating his seasonings off a spoon before. Yeah, when we would <laughs> test, you had the honey heat before it actually went live. Yeah, man, that stuff's awesome. That's the number one seller, honey heat. Honey heat. It's a sweet I'm just heat. Open all these up. Go ahead, taste them all. They're pretty good, except for the brine. And the beautiful the thing is, low sodium, less than two grams of sugar on all of them. Less than two grams of sugar. Less than two grams of sugar, <laughs> so you can pour it on. You don't need to pour it on thick. And um, <laughs> I could sit here and eat this whole thing of chicken rub. It's that's the savory version of the chicken. The honey heat's a sweet and savory version. That's the mm. one the gym likes a lot. Yeah, the chicken rub signature series. Yeah, oh, that is good. I, I use yeah. them all, man. I came yeah. out with the chicken. Is, um, get you little samplings of that one. 
Oh, that that one right there. I call that the Thanksgiving seasoning, but it's good on. It's got rosemary, thyme, sage, the all, island thyme, all the things is, you would use. Oh, this is the island. That's the one you said that the kid in. Uh, yes, in San Antonio. San Antonio can't eat his anything dad makes him buy it. a case pretty much every other month. Dang, he eats everything with it. And I met him when he was two. He's now like six or seven. Did you bring any AP? I uh, did not. I don't know what's in the box. I should, there might be. So our guys that listen to this podcast knock down mm-hmm. a lot of wild animals. Yes. And I'm telling you. Because I think we, you and we I were talking about this. About this yeah. It almost got named Wild Game it Rub. It almost got named Wild Game Rub but, because yeah. I like hunting and I like fishing and all the other stuff. But the AP Rub is my backstrap go-to. It's all-purpose rub. That's what AP stands for. But when yeah. I first came out with it, I'm like, I called Jim. I'm like, hey, they come going to come out with a specialty Wild Game Rub. Dude, we were in Georgia sitting around the campfire. Is that when that happened? Yeah, we were talking about it. And I'm like, yeah, let's call it the Wild Game Rub. And you're like, do it. And then for some reason, I went to all purpose. Yeah, that makes sense because then we can yeah, you know, so people that aren't, aren't necessarily out there getting after it. I mean, not many people are eating wild game out there, right? The most of the population. So that's why we did that. But um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for those of you that are listening, the AP rub is actually good on wild game. It's yeah. great on wild game. And I think Jim used honey heat on pheasant the other day. A whole pheasant or whole. I use honey heat on ducks. It was a duck I saw. Okay. Yeah, man. I Before I smoke ducks, I give them a good rub down in the honey heat. Is that what you do now, smoking ducks? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> I never got into smoking anything yeah. else. So, and then that one is uh, that you got in your hands over there is Buffalo Barbecue, which is, is it is the name. It's yeah, that was created at two in the morning. Let's just say there might have been some drag gangs involved. And I looked in the refrigerator. There's a half bottle of wing sauce and a half bottle of barbecue sauce. And I threw them in a mason jar and shook it. And I was like, "Hmm, I'm something." But I knew I wouldn't remember, so I wrote a note on it for my wife, and I was like, "Hey, please remind me to tell you about this in the morning." <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, it's good. It's perfect. It's like yeah. a mix of sweet barbecue sauce with the tang of wing sauce. Yeah, we got like three yeah. or four. <clears throat> I brought a lot of those, so everyone yeah, have you've one. got that is about good, three yeah. of these, two or three of the the brawn, and it's got a little bit of kick of to it. I like Island it. Tom, but it's not too bad. It's no, like, no, no, no. It's like it's like in the it's, back. it's in the back. Yeah, it's in the back. Yeah, it's in the back for sure. But I enjoyed it, right? Because I do a lot of grilling, a lot of cooking. I've got a YouTube channel. I've got Instagram, all the platforms. Oh, except I just deleted TikTok. Sorry, I had to. Um, <laughs> but um, that's going on like everything right there. Almost, it's pretty good. Like, it's that pretty would be, good. Mm. That's the oh, the buffalo barbecue sauce. Yeah, but um, got up to like eighty thousand followers on Instagram. Probably ten, twelve thousand on Facebook. Um, YouTube channel's been out for a couple of years now, so it's really quick. And I think my my recipes, my cooking is more almost five or six ingredients or less. Keep it easy, keep it simple, keep it fast. Yeah, absolutely. And because uh, you know, if you open up a recipe book or you see a recipe and it's got twelve ingredients, you're not going to make it. It looks intimidating. It's yeah. intimidating. It's yeah. like a lot of work. So I decided to do simple, easy recipes, five or six ingredients, and make it done. Just done with it if you're scrolling through youtube and you see a good looking black fella <laughs> you know who's very friendly and starts out with what's up fam yeah. you, you want to watch that video is he wearing his royal oak shirt and everyone sponsored yeah um. <laughs> you still yeah. doing work with egg or was it traeger How, who, you were all over the place i for was a while. all over the place for a while i am not doing work with big green egg officially okay. anymore um by choice and i'm doing work with weber Nice. Because that's America's Grill. Um, and Royal Oak, as well as a couple ranches in Montana. 
couple of ranches. So. Talk to us about these ranches in Montana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? What walks well, around one in Montana, these ranches? There's one in Montana. Let me take that back. There's one in Montana and there's one in California. So. Oh, we can um, stay out of California. We're all right with that one. California actually just bought a huge property in South Georgia. So he owns, should I even say the name of the company? Yeah, man. Give him all the yeah. parts right. you want. So Pasture Bird is out of California. What he does is regenerative, regenerative farming, and he has all these chickens. I mean, I don't even know how many, but they're all in these tractor movable. Oh, like the the... Coops. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. And they just slide them with the tractor every day over like four feet. So they're eating fresh green grass every time. And where it was yesterday, it's regrowing again. So they do this all day, moving it around. The other one was Felt Mangus Beef out of Montana. Um, big ranch, big fat, big ranching family out there. And uh, <clears throat> I've been sponsored by them for a while now. So, so. A, a buddy of mine on a much smaller scale, his name's John Jaquery. He's got a little ranch, a little farm in Kentucky. Uh huh. And he does that with chickens and turkeys. Now they've got it fenced in. Okay. And that's exactly that. He and his sons go up and they do this in shifts, and they move these birds around every day or so. Yep. So it's always wild. It's always fresh. Always fresh. And they'll do that and do that. And then of course you know, they get out to eight, ten weeks or whatever it is, and they. Yeah. Usually it's ten weeks for the growth of a chicken. And when he first showed up, and he's like, "Hey man, I got some chickens," because he shows up with like a gazillion of them, <laughs> and. Um, He's like, I want you to try it. And I was like, here, man, grab some wild game. You know, and I grabbed his chickens. And right. At first, I thought I was just being polite. Like, yeah, I'll take some of your chickens, your, you know, wild, hard-ass, range panda, road. chewy fucking chickens. And, man, those chickens were the best chickens <laughs> I ever had. <laughs> what you realize when you get a... They weren't chewy at all, man. ...natural bird that's not pumped up with steroids. A chicken breast is really only this big. Yeah. Yeah. But you're getting these that are like six inches long and about four inches wide in the grocery store. That's our pumped up with steroids. I mean, we're just getting a lot more flavor out of that halves. natural bird. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so they provide those ranches provide you with with meat to cook. Mm-hmm. They provide us. They provide me with product, and I will do recipes, videos, whatever for them. That's just awesome. Create different things for them, and then yeah. Sometimes it's compensated. Sometimes it's product. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Huge, yeah. That's uh, my boy's got it going on, man. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. I could deal with getting a bunch of free chicken to eat. <laughs> beef, yeah. man, I'll take the beef. It's fun. Oh, it's he, fun. And I, he and I go back to like 1987, 1988, or something like that. 87, and, uh, 87. Yeah, he's always been you know, back at Oak Ridge High, reaching out. And, yeah. Uh, the ridge. But, yeah, always thinking a little bit out of the box. Always got something going on, and it's starting to really pay some dividends. Yeah, it is. So, it really is. I mean, I've done stuff crazy like snow cones and Italian ice before too. Yeah, going to softball fields and you have four thousand kids there all day. So you were just a natural born entrepreneur. Yeah, you can't help but to love the guy. I, I, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> if I would just stick with something long enough, it might actually grow into a huge empire. <laughs> I, I don't know what. I don't know the number of people the average person knows, but it's not as big as you think. I would be willing to bet that there are, unless you're like an actor, a professional athlete, or like a presidential candidate, nobody knows more people than Kurt Hall's. (laughs) (laughs) That's good and bad, Jim. That's good and bad. No, but that's the other thing, man. They all love you, too. I can't get away with with anything. That's probably a good thing. That's probably a good thing. We're not 12 That's probably a good thing. Exactly. Exactly. I just love people, man. I mean, you do in college. There's orientation team and athletics and yeah, you student government. And 
We used to cheerlead together, believe it or not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Couple big old boys. Yeah. yeah. A, big, a, lot of the, a lot of the SIGs were out there on the field. We were, yeah. We're also fraternity brothers, so. Yep. So at what point were you like? Shout out to Sigma Chi. Yeah. Shout out. Were you like, hey, I should start throwing some seasonings together. I mean, like, like, like what drove you there? Alcohol. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like most of the ideas exactly, we have. Exactly. Um, I was doing a lot of grilling and cooking, and I just couldn't find a flavor profile that I liked. So I started throwing stuff together, mixing it up, writing down ingredients, and then took it to a co-packer, and I'm like, hey, I want to do this, and he would tweak it for me. Then I want to do this, he would tweak that for me. So I started off with just three seasonings. Didn't start yeah. off with rubs. Um, then I decided actually after my first batch came out, I decided to go sugar free on it, which was probably the, one of the best moves I made, not putting oh, chemicals yeah. in it. So I went sugar free on it and low sodium and it took off. My initial audience was not the barbecue community. It was back then. What was that diet called? Paleo. 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 Keto. Paleo. Yeah. Paleo okay. Um, keto. I was going after fitness enthusiasts um hikers outdoorsmen campers all that and then i went into the rub line that was i was 14 when i started 15 when we launched the rubs came out in like 17 and we came out with honey heat big and bowl beef and then all-purpose rub i mean you would never know trying one of these any any of your seasonings all of them i've tried you'd never know they're low sodium yeah yeah, I had a guy the other day. You got it when you go into this business or you go into like what you're doing with the podcast, especially when you can comment, you hear all kinds of people say all kinds of things. So I have this ad running for the three pack and this guy wrote, Oh, this is nothing but salt. So normally I don't listen to con- like I'm like, whatever. <laughs> so then I look at it and he was dead serious and I'm like, Um, sir, why do you say it's full sodium? Have you tried it? He was like, No, but the first ingredient is salt. I'm like the first ingredient could have been peyote. What's I there's no there's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I said if you look at the label, sir, it's got what is it? I think it's less than two hundred or eighty something milligrams of salt. It's so low. Salt is not the header in there. And I just corrected him and he's like, Oh well the first yeah, ingredient. So your your island time has ninety or it's four percent sodium. Um ninety nine grams. Ninety nine grams, right. Yeah. The average rub has about Four to five hundred. I was gonna say, my man Tony Shetries. Oh, that's, that's just, right to the high blood pressure. That's man. blood pressure. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not talking shit about TC. Yeah, I, I love, love it. Tony. I love it. But when I eat it, I get a headache. <laughs> yeah. And it has MSG in it. Well, None of my saying. products have MSG. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, mm. that's awesome. I'll say, I, I do love me some Tonys, but there's a lot of stuff that I eat that I just, I, I probably. We'll end up with high blood pressure one day just because of the amount of sodium. Yeah, welcome the to the club. Give you a little, yeah. <laughs> a little. But it just it attracted a bigger audience for me by cutting all that crap out of there. Yeah, you know, I know you're not into developing more and more lines at this point, but the one that I wish you'd really come out with, and I guess maybe I'm asking you here, you know, with our sixteen thousand listener podcast. Oh boy, here when's the blackening season coming out? Ooh, man? You know, we get to fish, yeah. baby. I get that a lot, and I get a taco fajita ah. request as well. Plenty of that. Need a good black. No, but yeah. have you read Paprika. the label? Have you read the label on the back of that fifty nine cents taco packet? No, man, I don't use that stuff. Okay, I was going to say you make your own taco season. A lot of times, okay, yeah. yeah. That's what I want to get do. my anchos um, out. 
I'm down with the blackening season. Yeah, you know, I may have to think about that. I may have to think about that. We're trimming the lineup a little bit, getting rid of the slow sellers, keeping the top sellers, because, you know, to be completely transparent with the pandemic, it caused a lot of supply chain issues. Yeah. Like, we had to switch color. Like, I have the Honey Heat. One time that Honey Heat came out, and it was a bright red. And everyone was returning it, like, what's wrong with this? It's not the same product. I'm like, no, we just use a different color paprika. Because the one we were used to buying, we can't find. And people got used to it, though, now. But, um, yeah, it's the, the pandemic caused a lot of problems from... So, if you notice, everything else there is in a bottle. That Island Tom's in a bag. Yeah. All of my products in 2020 and 2021 had to go into bags. Because really? we couldn't find bottles. Couldn't find bottles. You couldn't find these. Couldn't find any bottles. I, I actually thought that that was a version <clears throat> so that like dudes like me that go through a bottle. Actually, <laughs> that's the same it, weight. Right? That's the same amount in that bag that's in that bottle. Yeah, but isn't the bottle isn't the bottle more expensive to manufacture? No, it's bag? about the same. Okay, I didn't know that because like no, it's about the same. Yeah, when I when I go buy like you know whatever oregano or stuff right. like that, I don't buy a new bottle. I just go buy a little packet of oregano, you know, the bahia stuff or whatever. Remember when Good Morning America had me on? They're like, hey, they don't talk to you. And so I did a Good Morning America, not on TV, <laughs> but a spot, and it was about pivoting in the pandemic. How do companies survive with the change and the supply chain stuff and not getting product? And that's why we got picked because I had to put all my stuff in bags for almost a year and a half. Well, you know, for guys that also buy, don't just drive by one or two, that's easier to store. It's easier to right store, but you know cabinet. what? A lot of people didn't like them. Really? They're like, we can't shake it out. Or I'm like, you take a piece of measuring. You get an old yeah. one of yeah. these and pour it in there. That's too easy. Yeah. That's too or easy. You, or you do it by the pinch. I mean, most of the time when I season something, I, I may put it in my hand and then kind of yeah. season it out. I actually thought about s- selling clear generic shaker bottles yeah. with the bags. Yeah. Four people that I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm just more stuff for me to ship and package. Yeah, yeah. So. just need to educate your audience. Yeah, keep keep. You cut, know what's funny? Cutting out the lowbrow thinkers, man. Keep elevating the audience. Jim, after being on GMA, after doing all the work, <laughs> after doing about 99 videos as to why it's in bags, I still got the question: Why did I get a bag? Because nobody, no one listens. Me. No one listens. They just want your stuff, man. and no one reads captions either. No one. Hmm. Yeah, but I love y'all. I love y'all. I really do. Thank you for supporting me. <laughs> I'll talk shit about you. You can. I, you the ones that have the bad comments ain't buying your stuff anyway. Exactly. So. Exactly. Actually, so, Jim's been a big supporter for a while. What is your? Uh, what's probably your favorite thing? If you're gonna have to like, man, this is my favorite thing to cook. What is it? That's a great question. I mean, it depends on if I'm cooking for guests or if um, <clears throat> if you got. Us and all the boys over. What are you cooking? You know what's crazy? I have a go-to meal for the first time anyone comes over. I'll do smoked chicken halves, and I'll do yellow rice and black beans with my seasoning and the black beans and the yellow rice and all that stuff. But smoked chicken halves with some honey heat on there and some rice and beans. If you're from Florida, I don't see why you don't eat rice and beans. Oh, dude! And smoked chicken halves. You just who doesn't like chicken? Yeah. So how you, I mean, how are you cooking your chicken? You cooking it low and slow and low? So I'm um, cutting them in half. I'm spatchcocking them usually. Okay. So that's taking out the backbone, spreading it out, cracking the chest, the breastbone, and then a bunch of videos on YouTube. Y'all go to it, Caribbean Q on YouTube. And um, I, sm- I don't go low and slow on chicken because if you don't go too low and too slow, the skin gets rubbery. Okay. So I do it at about 300 indirect, um, usually cherry or applewood. 
because poultry should be sweet wood, citrus fruity wood, and beef should be like post oak and hickory. But um, yeah, I'll smoke it at about 350, take it up to about 165, 170. If I want it nice and crispy skin, I'll take it up to about 180. And uh, it's not dry because I'll use the I'll use the poultry brine, or I'll inject it with. Yeah, so you so you brine it for a couple days before. No, or? with chicken you can brine it for a couple hours. A couple hours. Mm-hmm. Turkey I brine for two days, which is pretty much yeah. sometimes too much. But what I do is I put the whole turkey in the cooler, probably frozen three or four days before Thanksgiving, so it'll slow thaw. Yeah. Then as it slow thaws, I'll cut off the wrapper, put the brine in there, I'll mix it up, and I'll leave it in the same cooler. But yeah, brine, you can do a turkey. You can brine a chicken for probably 48 hours. I mean, two hours, I'm sorry. Two hours before you can take it out. See, for those along similar lines, when I was putting those posts out about the smoke ring neck ducks, and especially that one dude who's the Mallard purist, ah, you can't <laughs> eat that. And you guys had it, man. This shit was great. Right? Oh, but dude, it was that's amazing. This is going. That was one of the secrets. I got uh, ring necks on my smoke. Yeah. And one of the secrets was I'd brine those things for. Yeah. I just brine them overnight, man. Yep. And you also gives you that nice. Now, I, I put a little bit of uh, pink salt in there, just a smidge, right? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't take much. But that pink salt also gives it that beautiful ham looking color, which actually on yeah. a smoked duck looks fantastic. <clears throat> it's almost oh, it that, does. There's no gray. That rosy. Yeah, man. Smoke ham look. pink, right? And then on the outside would just as we're talking about it, man, it would be the uh, it'd be the honey heat or sometimes the poultry, but honey heat's always my go to. Just get a nice crust on there, you know, and uh, let the smoke hit it, and then I would always finish it high, so that, you know you don't get a rubbery skin. But man, when you when you go and you because the duck's not that big, and you start cutting into it, and you're kind of getting that medium pink, and then that's the beautiful thing you're eating it with your fingers, and you get the honey heat. Yeah. Oh man, I'm oh, getting. Yeah. You want to see can't shoot enough ducks, man? Yeah. I would you say that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, you, you like you know we talked earlier when you and when I asked you how you developed your seasoning, Jim was like, because he was drinking one night, and I got to drinking one night, and uh, it was right before. Yeah, <laughs> one it was right before that uh, uh, Rock Springs hunt we had. That's right, and you did the squirrel. Yeah, and I put a squirrel in a brine, and I took like two cans of Bush Light. And poured them in there. Nice. And then uh, I was I was drinking, so I don't really remember what I, <laughs> everything I put in there. But I put like a, a bouillon cube and some garlic and a bunch of seasonings and stuff, and it sat in there for like three Bay or four leaf. days. Yep. And then we cooked it up at that uh, Rock Springs hunt in bacon grease. Yeah. Nice, bro. When he oh, opened my. up that bag, it was like very aromatic, and yeah. you can smell like that's a good brine. And it was only squirrel, right? It wasn't that much. Yeah. We parted it out and we fried that thing in bacon grease, and that was that was, so that was the shit. Yeah, for a squirrel that was really. <laughs> I mean, that really squirrel good. even fried in bacon grease, that squirrel pretty much fell apart. Of course, of course. I mean, technically, brine is just so you can. I have a if you use quick that. Question. I yeah. have a recipe. Go ahead. What's your question? Would this be good on rabbit? Yeah, I got a lot in my yard that need to go. Do it up. Probably Let me know. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll put on a rabbit. Throw them all in the cooler and brine them in there. Yeah. Throw them all in the cooler and stick them in there. And in the frying pan. And into the frying pan. Yes, sir. What was I going to say just now? Um, I'm sorry. I, no, I forgot. The now. Thought. It completely left my mind. Oh, mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that we as social media cooks hate is when you put up a chicken, you're cutting it up for the video, and someone sees pink and they're like, I can't believe you're eating that raw chicken. It's like, no, <laughs> it's smoke. It's cooked. <laughs> 
It's done. Quit tripping. Actually, what do they call that stuff? It's not blood either. It's uh, myoglobin. Bingo. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's what's supposed what's to supposed to be happen there. Yeah. And yeah. along the way, by the way, I know we're totally going in a different direction. No, I know you a lot of this. My man does a lot of air frying. I and, do. And I fought Ooh. the air fry thing. He fought it. He fought it. I fought the air fry thing, but man. I'm you still take a, fighting a good fight on the air fryer. No. Air, air frying is very. It's convenient. It's almost, it is. It's fast and it's almost like sous vide, man. Like you can. Yep. You take a piece of backstrap, which is really lean. Yep. And you do four minutes a side. That's it. I mean, like an inch thick. Picks, you know, I didn't even beat it down about a bit. putting a backstrap in the air fryer. You can. And man, you get. It's all cooked through. It's not raw. I like I like rare venison. Like oh, I mean, I, I love cool center right okay. beef venison. But yeah, red. I love raw. I'm a medium rare. A lot, guy. A lot of people yeah, don't like that. A lot right. of people are like that's too nope. raw for me. I'm like you can be fine. Shut up and eat it. Yep. Right. Um. <laughs> but Michelle for one is not one that won't eat meat like that. Right. You get it. It is done. But when you cut into that thing, you get that. What I don't know how to refer. It's the juice squeeze. Juice squeeze. Like you see the juice coming out of the middle of the meat. Out, yeah, that's the bomb. And Kurt's got a bunch of stuff. That's you know what's yeah. funny? My number one video on YouTube, and I've done a million videos on the egg, on Weber, on whatever. My number one video on YouTube to this day is my air fryer ribeye. Because most people were like, "That's a waste of a ribeye. What are you doing?" <sighs> It's convection like, cooking. You have no idea what you're missing out of. So I did a video on it, and it's now the number one most viewed video on my YouTube channel. I was please, talking to somebody. Please do not tell my fiance about yeah. this. Yeah. All right. All right. I won't. Please. Now you can air fry. Just don't you be air frying with a Bud Light. Not, that's yeah. too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, I was talking to somebody a while back. I'd have lost my train of thought there. More like a link. <laughs> I can't remember now. Yeah, is, is that why there was only four? You were talking about the air fryer ribeyes. Oh, I can't. Do yeah, that. but I can't. Oh, I was talking to somebody that does a lot of social media a while back, and mm-hmm. they were like, "I tell you what, my videos that get the most view are stuff that people don't agree with." He said, "I've started yeah. doing. I've started like popping stuff off wrong and stuff just because yep. Yep. people love to tell you you're wrong." Oh, listen, if you don't have thick skin, don't get on YouTube, don't get on Instagram, don't get on Facebook where people can comment. Don't do it if you don't have thick skin. There's been many a day that I just want to go delete the channel. And I'm like, wait a minute, these are keyboard warriors. What do I yeah. care? You know, yeah. but um, they'll come at you for some stuff. So, you know, it's weird because earlier I mentioned I've known you for, I don't know, a thousand years at yeah. this point. So, you know, obviously it's kind of all kinds of surprises, this guy says. I'm going to create a rub line. I'll take some of your nasty sawdust. (laughs) Same kind of thing, though. You get it like, yeah, let's see this curvy Q shit. Like, holy cow. I have a picture of you eating it from a spoon. That was, I was already sold on the, I would already had Calypso kick and I'm I'm a kick, man. I like it a little hotter, right? My wife likes uh, Island Time in in, in Calypso. She's a good one. Though she likes spice too, but I think she's just a regular Calypso person. Right, right. But then, yeah, because you were just coming out with Honey Heat, I think. Yeah. And I remember you had some of that, and you like taste that. And I was like, give me a spoon. Right? It was yep. fantastic. Yeah. So you, have and you were at my house, I think, when you tried it for I the was. first time. Yeah. I was. You, have yeah, you took with pictures like, of me with your spoon. Quite a bit of kick to it? or No. So we did a poll before we launched um, anything that was going to be spicy. And we sent it out to our email list saying, hey, on a scale of 1 to 10, 0 being a green pepper, and 10 being like habanero ghost pepper yeah, or something like yeah. that. Where do you want, where do you like your heat? Guess what number came came out as the most popular number? Three. Three. 
Yep. Man, well, everybody's in these like nuclear hot ghost pepper hot sauce. Louisiana and Crystal. Yep, that's it. That's it. Flavor without pain. One that's um, Louisiana Crystal, and there's that one Tapatio. Yeah, yeah. I love Tapatio as well. That's really good. Yeah. But yeah, um, we don't do hot because people don't like it. And if people want super hot, they have their places to go get that. Yeah. And the other thing about hot is um, you got to put them in glass bottles. Oh yeah. You have to put them in glass bottles. I, I can't say the story, but there's a person that I know. You can say it. We can cut it out. There's a person that I know that started a hot sauce company. And I knew this. That's why I told you a lot of these ingredients and recipes came from my... This fellow live out in Ocala near Altoona? No, sir. Okay. And we, we have no, a fraternity brother that grew a shitload of peppers. And uh, so I knew from coming up that you cannot put hot peppers and garlic in a glass jar too strong or it'll break the jar. Trust me, it does. Really? Yep. There's some kind of chemical reaction. It'll shatter glass. And oh. this guy put it in, and he uh, had all this stuff ready to go in cases. Pop, 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 pop. You have to put mustard or some kind of like uh, vinegar in there to cut to it cut, all down. Yeah. And all his inventory popped. That is wild. Wow. I didn't even know that. Uh-huh. It's, is it gas? Is it that it creates a gas in there and I pressure? Think it's the, I think it's just something about the... Something with the garlic and the hot peppers mixing together will shatter glass. Wow. So we've talked about air frying. Yep. Right. And we've kind of talked about you've done stuff on a green egg and stuff like that. What is your favorite way to cook stuff? I love this question. I get this question probably twice a week. You mean my favorite cooker to cook on? Uh, We can kind of double back to favorite cooker, but I mean, are are you kind of like a a smoking stuff kind of fan or, you know, do you like to cook it just hot, quick and... I'd say overall longer cook, slow and low, I enjoy because it's more of a experience and you got to watch it and take care of it. Hot and fast. I mean, hot and fast to me is a gas grill night, right? I have Mm -hmm. a gas grill. I have a smoker. I've got pellet smokers. They They all have a place. People are always asking me. What's the best grill to get? And I'm like, what are you cooking? Are you smoking meat all day? Are you cooking hot and fast for the family on the weeknight? Are you wanting to watch the game and not watch your food while it cooks? If you want to watch a game and leave the food out there, get a pellet smoker. Set it and forget it. Just leave it alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? If you want to smoke meat and watch it and not have to worry about it burning, get you a Kamado cooker, like a Big Green Egg, a Kamado Joe, something like that, where you can put the plate deflector in and it avoids burning yeah um but my so back to the question if i had to have one grill for the rest of my life i'd have a rubber kettle because everyone has one heck i know guys that have 60 rubber kettles just for the collective part of it <laughs> and it's america's grill it's the only one of the few grill companies that's still made in america in Chicago. Wow. What about Rose? You, you can smoke on those things. I don't know how. You can smoke on a Weber gear. Yeah, it's just a, like, it's just a matter you, of how you, you do it. You got to get a little pan to put your chips in and yep. stuff, but you can smoke chip and stuff. Yep. And you can cook indirect. It's pretty damn easy. You just throw all the coals on one side. On one side. We yeah. use them at camp. I use them when yeah. I go to the pan. Yep. I'm not dragging it, you know. Yep. People yeah. don't realize, too, if you have a gas grill, you can smoke on a gas grill. Get your foil pack, put your pellets in there, or your wood chips, fold it up, poke holes in it, put it over high heat on this side, put your smoke, your meat on this side. Have this on high, have this off, and you can smoke on a gas grill. Indirect. Huh. Indirect. That's nifty. So I, I have a pellet grill at my house, and I actually looked at getting, because you know, they have the ones that are like half pellet and half gas. Yeah. I haven't, I, seen, I haven't seen one of those. 
Yeah, uh, I think pit boss. I've heard of him. him. Okay, yeah, it would be pit boss. Yeah, and uh, that's mine's a pit boss. But uh, when I came down to it, I was like, man, the way I cook, I'd rather just have a full pellet grill because it has the sear thing where you can open it and yep, close it. Yep. And I'm like, if I want to do steaks or something, I'll turn it up to. I think it goes up to like 450 or something yep. like that. Mm-hmm. Turn yep. it up to 450. Let it get hot. Open up my sear section. I can cook a steak right over the flames, yep. right on that. I love pellet smokers. I mean, they have their purpose, right? I mean, sometimes you don't want to, you don't want to sit there, yeah, and watch your meat. Yeah, I love them because if we go if we go knock down a bunch of pigs, that's when I'm really into the hams. Yeah, or if I'm doing a whole venison leg, you know, whole hind venison quarter is just one giant ham. Mm-hmm. It's just because it takes so long. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, you just being able to use the thing where you basically fill up the hopper, plug it in. Which one do you have? Which yeah. one do you have? I, I got one of those big old Costco Monster Louisiana, Louisiana cabinet fun. things. They're, they're great. They're fantastic. It's easy to fix if you, if you get a little moisture yeah. in there. It's, Listen, I mean, technically every pellet smoker is the same. Yeah. It's just colors and, and brands. I, I don't care if it was an old filing cab. Then all yeah. you need to do is put on. Now, what you said yeah. about Pit Boss, I will say over the last, there were a couple pellet smokers that were top-notch echelon. I'm not going to name them on this podcast because I won't. Um... But Pit Boss came out and came on the scene about three years ago, and they have dominated the gas grill. I mean, excuse me, the pellet smoker, and now they just launched a griddle. Yeah, they yeah. did. Yeah. They launched a griddle recently, which is ceramic-coated. I need cast iron griddles when I'm cooking. Yeah. But um, it's nonstick, so you can't use, you have to use Plastic. plastic. Yeah, on it, right? Mm. But yeah, Pit Boss is doing an amazing job in the industry, and they're making it affordable, and they're doing it for the everyday man at Walmart. Where some of these pellet smokers, you'll spend two, three grand on them. That's yeah. what I like. That's that's actually why I bought a Pit Boss. Is I looked at the Traeger. Yeah. That's what I wanted to get originally was the Traeger, and then I went to Lowe's, mm-hmm. and I'm like, for half the price, yep, I can get twice the grill. Same thing, and there's almost no difference. There is no difference. Really. I actually said it a couple weeks ago on a podcast. or might have been last. I think it was a couple weeks ago. But I, I've gotten to where I like to take, even when I'm cooking hamburgers on my mm-hmm. pit boss, when you first crank it up, mm-hmm. it smokes like crazy. It doesn't matter what temperature you're on. Yep. It smokes like crazy. So like when I'm cooking hamburgers, I'll take them and have them ready and start it up and set them on there. Yep. And let that, it just smokes like crazy and fills those burgers with like a good smoky flavor. As soon as it starts to heat up, I'll pull them off, put them on a plate. Yep. And then once and it then gets up to temp, up, yeah, once, grill them. and I'll grill them again once it gets up to temp. Try that with the ribeye and also try a smoked burger, period. Just yeah. smoke a burger with some cherry wood, throw some cheese on there while it's smoking. I'm telling you, it's the juiciest thing you'll ever have. Ooh. Yeah, just, just smoking a, a burger. Slow and low, like smoker. 180. Um, I wouldn't go too low. I'd go probably about 225. 225. 225, 250, and smoke it just straight smoke, indirect. And use some cherry wood. That thing comes out with a really rosy, like, that's red color. Yeah. And it tastes, it's just juicy. You don't so how long do you anything. put them on there, 225? <clears throat> I cooked, so that's a great question. That's a great question. Everyone asks me, how long, how long, how long? Here's the thing about asking me why or how long. Everyone's cooker's different. Everyone's cooker's got different hot spots. And everyone lives in a different state. So if you're in Colorado, I could tell you two hours, but you're at higher elevation than me here in Florida. That's so, we have a lot of humidity. And we have humidity here, too. So I cook the temperature. So I'd cook my burger however you would cook a steak up to if you like it medium rare. Pull it off at 125, 130. If you 
family wants it well done, take it up to 150. Um, but I do more temperature. I think everyone should have a thermometer mm-hmm. when they're cooking. That's the nice thing about most of these new pellet grills now, too, is they have that little thermometer the little you thermometer. can stick in there, and it measures it on your screen. You know, I guess I'm so old school. I When I look at grills, I don't look at any grills anymore. I'm, like, getting rid of grills now, but <laughs> um, I don't want the gadgets. I don't want the Wi-Fi yeah. technology. I don't want all that because it's just more shit to break. I don't use any of the I – don't, I don't. I have the app on my phone, but I've stopped using the app. I, I don't like yeah. using the app to – I do have a wireless meat thermometer that's a pretty big name, and I do use that app on my phone. Yeah. The only thing it needs to have is better range. It only has like 300 feet. Yeah. So if I go past the kitchen, I lose the... That's what I like about my using the app for mine, Mm -hmm. is like I can go off, and I can be like, okay, it's fine, I can leave. Yeah, now there's some that you can actually go to the grocery store and still see it on your phone. Yeah, like I can go to the the grocery store, I can go wherever. Yeah. And as long as that thing's still connected to Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. I pull up my phone, okay, we're good. You know, with all these things, once you get into this, if you've never really paid attention, or even a big cabinet smoker, when you look at it, and you mentioned they're all, they all work. What, yeah. You could take an old filing cabinet, you just got to punch a hole in the bottom I've of it. I've seen it. Right? And you got you can go out and you can get an auger online. Yep. Screw the auger into the bottom, and then you just have to have a hopper in the back. Yep. And... Away you go. And if it plugs into electricity, you're done. Dude, you don't yeah, even need smoke all that. Smoke away, man. You can have just the bottom feeding. drawer be the file cabinet. Right. Put charcoal and all that in there. Cut out the cut holes into the bottom of each one above it, and it'll smoke all the way through. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll that smoke is, all the way through. It's crazy the stuff that people turn into <laughs> smokers. Yeah. 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 I do want to make an offset smoker, though. I love, ever, that's what I started off on. A little yeah. Offset, a little cheap offset from, um, well, a little cheap off, where was it from? Like Walmart or Lowe's? I want. I want to do like a the big old size. offset. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A giant one. Where you're sitting there having to manage your own. You're having to manage the fire the whole time. You have. Yeah. Yes. I know the guys love that. And like yes. that's real smoke, and I'm yeah. like, I used to it. love that. I used to love it. Like like I said, I started on that. Yeah. Now I'm on pellet smokers and come out of jail. Well, yeah. I mean, because when you cook a lot, it's like I can't lot, sit here can't. all damn day. And you have to stay up right. in the middle of the night when you're cooking. Yeah. Because yeah. it'll go too low, and the next thing you know, you're like, I got to restart the fire. Five in the morning, yeah, and your meat's sitting there for three hours just on nothing. Yeah, bu- building up all just kinds of botulism. Toxin, whatever, yeah, yeah. yeah, I want a, I want one for when I'm doing a lot. So you need a good one that you can tow behind a truck or something. Oh yeah, I'm gonna put it on a trailer. There you go. It's gonna be on a trailer. There you go. And uh, like I said, I want to do it so if I can, I can do like an old in-ground pork- propane tank. Yeah, I want like something like that. And then I want to do like be able to do like four pork butts, ribs, yeah. chicken, all yeah. put it all on the grill. On this, let it all smoke right there. The company that you mentioned just came out with a really, really big one. Four thousand dollars. Yeah, I've seen it. It's ridiculous. It's huge. And I'm like, for four thousand dollars, you can get a heck of a offset smoker on a, on a trailer. You can have yeah. a guy fab one for you out of some. Yeah, yeah. and still There's have some guys left on TikTok that make some mean smokers yeah. on a trailer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've been asked to do catering and open up a business and sell food. I'm like, um, no. Because the last thing I want to hear after cooking for someone is, oh, this tastes like crap. And the worst thing, someone asked me to do a wedding once. They asked me to do a wedding, and I was like, it was one of my good friends. His daughter was getting married. I said, I'll season. I'll do all the pig set up for you. I'll season it. I'll do everything. But I'm not cooking because the last thing a caterer needs is for one bride to tell her friends that this guy ruined my wedding. A bridezilla. 
last thing you need. So I've never done a wedding. I've prepped for a wedding, but I won't cook and serve at a wedding. Sit tight. We'll be right back with a word from our sponsors. As we move through life, it's inevitable that we're going to find ourselves needing trusted advice from legal counsel. From business transactions to real estate, lawsuits to contract matters, we all need advice and assistance from time to time. Attorney Roman Hammis' multi-state law practice focuses on litigation, business law, and real estate. Roman helps individuals and business owners find solutions to their legal problems. If push comes to shove, Roman is an experienced litigator with extensive trial experience and the ability to take it all the way. He's been named Super Lawyer every year from 2016 to present, a distinction given to only 5% of practicing lawyers. Most importantly, Roman is an avid hunter, angler, conservationist, and proud supporter of the UPO Nation. When you need dependable legal counsel, call Roman, 407-680-6050 or... 843-324-1727 or email roman at romanvhamis.com that's r-o-m-a-n at r-o-m-a-n v-h-a-m-m-e-s dot com offices Florida and South Carolina Let me tell y'all a story about my most interesting deer hunt with this guy, Jim. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah you know right. which one I'm going to tell, don't you? No. Nope. You don't? Okay. So it sounds like you oh, had more than one. Wait, we've, had more than one. <laughs> we've had more than one, yeah. Well, that's not the one we picked up the hitchhiker, is it? No, that was the same weekend, though. Okay. <laughs> that was the same weekend. So let me tell oh, you. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell, uh, let me tell the story. Right, so we're out hunting. <laughs> We're in South Georgia. We're Innocent. On, we're on his lease. <laughs> I think Zach was with us, or was it Josh? No, neither one of our kids were no, there. No, yes, one of them was there. So you don't even remember the story, so I'll tell you. <laughs> so it was your youngest was out there, and we've been hunting all day. We're in an open field, and Jim hits this buck. And let's just pretend it's noon. He hits it, can't find it. What we saw drops of blood. This is when I learned how to track a deer on this one trip. And oh, I do remember that. Jim would, and this is a good ethical hunter here, right? He knew he hit it, but he was like, we're not leaving. And I'm like, all right, let's 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 find it. About 50 miles later, <laughs> and a hungry kid later, I'm like, Jim, take me and the boy back to the hunting camp, and you keep going. He's like, we got to go. So we're all picking. And I started finding blood tracks. I'm feeling good now. I'm like, oh, I'm tracking it. We're going to find it. Nope. We did not find that. Sun starts to set. Jim's calling the guy with the dog. And they went out there, and I'm feeding, I think it was Josh. I think it, it was Josh. Josh. I remember now, yeah. So that's I why went the, back yeah. to feed him because he was starving. I mean, we, we must have walked 50 miles just in circles just trying to find this deer. And we went across a whole nother field that wasn't part of your lease, I think. Later on, sure shit. Jim comes back with the guy and the dog, and they found it. And oh, it was no, no, still no. alive in the water. You, you, were you in camp that day? So that was, was they've camp. heard this story. 
So I remember that, yeah, but the next day, that's when I got hypothermia so bad that I, I had trouble taking my shoes off because that's You the have to go in the where, water to pull the deer Yeah, out. the deer's out there, and I muzzle stuff that deer, but I, I mean, it was eighth of a mile out into the into the into the swamp and uh i didn't see you go into the swamp because i was back with josh i was watching josh no josh was with me at the i think you went home that morning i didn't go i don't remember because i'm so fuzzy from that like when i say you had hypothermia and you're losing you know like you're what i I knew at the time i was in trouble right (laughs) i'm like but when i when i because i'm dragging the deer out and you, you stopped being Was that cold. guy with the dog with you when you found it? Did he stay with yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He okay. was with me. And then uh, Bertus. <laughs> He's another character. So, the, yeah, we got the deer out. And then um, I was having trouble holding on to the deer. More so than you do because deer are kind of slippery and you're dragging me with He was alive, right? my hand, yeah, no, Well, not after I shot him. Oh, Not well, in the water when, when I wound found him, 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 he was alive. Yeah, the deer ran, the dogs ran him out into the swamp. Yeah. So, um, but I got the, the, the deer back and... Um, I realized that I was, I didn't feel cold, but I was, you know, and, and I went to the back of the truck and I, I, I was, I was so cold. I couldn't get my shoes off and, um, I, I didn't get them off. And I, and I sat, I sat with, cause I remember Josh was in the pasture side cause he was a little concerned. I was, you know, at the same time when you, you, you don't want to let your kid know that, mm. but you know, sitting in my. Basically, my son's in the pasture side, and I'm just sitting in my underwear, my soggy ass underwear, <laughs> with all the windows rolled up, and the heat just. <laughs> you know? I wasn't there for that part. I wasn't there for that part. Dad, it's getting hot. Like I'll be all right. <laughs> I was still cold when I got home that afternoon. When I was home, I mean, from Georgia to Orlando, home. <laughs> I think I stayed that night. Yeah, I thought you went home before I went out and got the. But when you went out, the yeah, dogs. I was. I was pretty much because you had to go out of Tampa. Yeah, I was pretty much done. Yeah, that was, so they didn't hear the first half of that. Where I did, we spent a long time looking for that deer. Before when I, I say we looked for that deer for probably four or five hours. Yeah, yeah, he, and there was no Little. getting through to Jim. There was no like, "Hey, Jim, it's gone." It's he's like, "Nope, it's not gone," and it wasn't. It yeah, wasn't. Ollie. Not, if I see blood, it ain't gone. It's not gone. Yeah, and I learned a lot from him on that trip. Ethical hunting. Yeah, it did. It did. The only reason you broke it off, well, it's a good thing because dude, dude was only shot through the front leg. <laughs> uh, oh, I never <laughs> now, heard that. Part. Now I got to feel. Well, that, originally Josh was supposed to shoot the deer, and he was like, "Dad, I think it's a little too far away. Don't you shoot it?" And we're both leaning on a, on a, on a you know, flimsy shooting rest that's on a on a side by side stand, and just as you know, your deer pauses, and I'm waiting for the shot to break, and like. As the shot breaks, he moved. Like, I remember the scope bouncing. And I remember, in, in your mind's eye, I remember this as the shot breaking, the scope went the scope went down into the right. And I thought maybe I missed it, except he, Josh goes, he, you got it! And I was like, as soon as he said, you got it, I went, uh-oh. And I saw the deer hauling, and, and yeah. there was a hitch in the giddy-up, but the way that deer hit the fence, I was like, ooh. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that was a fun day though. That was a fun day. I learned a lot that day. I've spent many a tracks where I've been like down on my knees finding just little specks of blood here and there. Just little tiny. Yeah, pin drops. Literally pin drops. So that's be a lesson, you boys and girls. Never give up. Never give up. Yeah. Find that deer. I want to say that, you know, 
we've talked about kind of hunting here, so we're into wild game. So when it comes to wild game, there's a lot of people like we did a, a pig roast right a while back, and we used a, what was it? A, what are they called? A Cuban microwave? Yeah, uh, yeah. Cajina, cajina, cajina. Have you ever cooked some animals like in the ground? Actually, rather than yeah. using one of those. So my good friend Manny and his family, the Cavedos, they're Cuban and they here in Tampa. So every noche, it's called Noche Buena in Tampa. Yeah, it's Christmas Eve, and we would go over that morning, put the pig in the ground, the whole banana leaves, everything, cover it up, and then pretty much after about five, six years of that, the guy in Miami created the cajina. And we started doing it above ground then after that. Um, growing up in the Caribbean, we've done pig roast. Um, actually, at my wedding, we had a 200-pound pig, apple stuffed in its mouth and everything else. And then last Sunday, I think Jim saw the video on that, we were out in Ruskin at a tree farm. And we cooked a 42-pound uh, lamb over, just over spit, over wood. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's so it was over like a wood fire. It was um. So there was a little square pit right in front, and then the lamb was right here behind it. And we'd have to turn it every fifteen minutes. And they covered it in butter. They you know opened up the cavity, filled it up with herbs and seasonings. And they're they're French, but they it's called a meshui. I learned something last week. Still learning. And it's they only do butter, cumin, salt, and pepper. Because lamb is extremely gamey. Yeah. Extremely gamey. And they would take the butter and they'd have it by the fire. Like, I'm talking five, six, seven pounds of butter. And they'd add the cumin. They'd add the salt and pepper. That's it. And they'd just mop that lamb the whole time. So the fire just melts it. The fire just melts that. You just keep turning it. And then you have the fat from the lamb, which is not very fatty, but it's still, it was dripping off. And you take that, mix it all in, and just just keep basting it and turning it every 15 minutes that is wild it took about we got there at eight started the fire the fire was started we kept the fire going because you need to have a lot of coals a lot of embers yeah it's probably 800 degrees when you get close to it and you turn it every 15 minutes about a quarter turn and it took the party started at two we pulled it off at about one pulled it off wrapped it in foil and then wait party started at two and you put Mm-hmm. Pulled it off 1 at one a.m. Yeah, but he said he started. He got started there at eight a.m. Yeah, pulled it off at one p.m. Oh, oh, okay. Started yeah, at eight a.m. that morning. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And then wrapped it in foil, put it back um, near the fire to stay warm. And then it, when everyone got there too, we put it back on the table and just started carving it. Got it. Yeah, that's awesome. It was fun. It was fun. We should. I don't know, man. It's just the fog gets so busy. I just love I doing know. hogs. We, we did I like a, doing hogs. We did a pig roast two years ago. It was that, pretty well dude, attended. every single bit of that pig we cooked was on. Yeah. yeah. I love I love doing pigs. Called in the South overall, they call it just a big old pig picking. Yeah. yeah. You just lay it on the table and everyone I mean, the cook should be pulling all that stuff out, but you just go in there and start pulling yeah. it all out. Everybody loves this man. That that skin. Oh yeah. And it's crispy. And the crispy skin and the meat right underneath the back. Mm-hmm. You know, there's few things that could be possibly that healthy. It's eat. so tender. Especially juicy. covered in, in, in brine and salt and things like that. That's another was, Italian dressing. When, when you, you bite into it and it crisps. Yeah. And, yeah. Man, you just, 
And there's so much. You feel like, oh, I'm just picking a little bit here and there. Next thing you know, you've eaten like five eaten pounds, like of, pork. pounds yeah. of pork skin. <laughs> Dude, yeah. just, just the cooking. I, I have a couple of videos of like flipping that pig and the juices that are just, I don't want to say coagulated, but it had collected. Rendered. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of. In the cavity itself. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to see if I have a still photo of that. I mean. That lamb. That lamb. Yeah, here it is, actually. This is 23 seconds of it. Hold on. This is when it first started. 42 pounds and it's all, that's all butter around it. Yeah, I wish you could see it. It's, uh, it's a good looking animal. Oh my yeah, gosh. There it is. Y'all should see this thing. It's, sorry, I can't see it. Looks like a dog. But this is a big old tree farm. It does look like a dog. The final video, I told you how I edited it. It looked like we were eating a dog. But Man, everything. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> you start taking things apart. Though I've not seen a skin bear here, that's the creepiest one because that looks like a person. But the more things you take apart, the more you realize like even frogs got back straps. Man, everything starts. Everything has a back strap. You knock the outside off, and it all starts looking pretty similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about how I got into hunting, and people were like, "How'd you hunt in the Caribbean?" I'm like, what? So I started off. My dad was my dad was an NRA, still is. He's eighty years old. Just turned eighty this past month. God bless that man. He's awesome. Um, but we'd go out to the gun range every Sunday in the in, in St. Croix. It was technically a Boy Scout camp. Um, and we'd go to the gun range every Sunday. So I got a Crossman 2100. I'll never forget that gun. It was a little BB gun. And I'd go out and go dove hunting. And my, before I went the first time, my dad said, if you kill something, you better eat it. I'm like, I'm just going to go kill. He's like, no. You kill it, you eat it. Yeah. So I killed about six or seven doves, came home. Plucked them. He didn't help me. He didn't tell me how to cook them. Just figure it out. You want to kill them, you eat them. There was no Google back then. I mean, there was <laughs> nothing, right? So I plucked them, and I knew, well, what's inside has got to be gross. So I pulled all that out. And then I took Ritz crackers and crushed them up in the bag <laughs> and stuffed the cavity of the doves and baked them all in the oven. And that was when I started hunting. It's hmm. funny you talk about Crossman 20, because at one point, Jordan Will had a post, like Peter was putting up. Wanted posters and post office for these guys. <laughs> for, <you know. laughs> for a Crossman 2100? Just whatever, man. I still have a... What do I have? <clears throat> I still have a really powerful pellet gun. Oh, dude, at, gun. The, at the Crawfish Bowl, we're giving away a pellet gun that shoots like... It holds like 12 shots. Oh, wow. Yeah. 17-inch MR, 22 cal, something like yeah, that. It's, okay, I mean, yeah. I want to say it's 22 cal. Okay. But, it, I mean, it's a nasty pellet gun. I mean, it holds, like, it's, like, CO2-driven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nasty. Yeah, I'm very interested. I've in actually yeah. seen a couple of those take down boar, which is impressive to me because I've Absolutely. shot a boar at point-blank range, and it's still got up. Yeah. Right there. Just under right the ear. Right behind the ear. Yep. yep, right through the soft spot. You saw that one picture. I was with, no, I wasn't with you. I was up in um, Cedar Key hunting a two men and a hog. And this this thing was 280 pounds. Easy, easy, easy. And I shot him, and I went to go get him, and all of a sudden I hear, and he comes charging at me. And I probably had from here to where my truck is, and I got down, and I aimed, and when he just dropped, and when I got him, I have the picture, it's on my Facebook page, it went in through here and blew out his neck right here. So like in his jugular. Yeah, and Mm. it just dropped him instantly. I mean, the hole was like this big. And I'm a big guy, and when I was holding that hog, he was probably twice as big as me. Jeez. Yeah. That's the strange thing. You, you look at pigs, 
They're dense, man. They are. They are. You, you should uh, a pig that's. Well, of course, you can't. People can't see that. Like, if it was a, if you shoot a pig and it's about the size of a yearling doe, you. That's three hundred pounds. Get your get your sack lunch, man, because yeah. that's going to be a hell of a haul. Yeah. They are yeah. they are so dense. They yeah. are they freaky heavy. I don't understand. And what people yeah. don't realize too, they have a coat of armor on them. Their fur and they're, oh, yeah. they're so thick. That shield that's them, on the rib yeah. is pretty brutal. Them yeah. shoulders are tough. Yeah, mm-hmm. makes, makes it killing them with archery equipment unless you hit them low and right in the yeah. It's almost impossible with Real archery hard. equipment. Yeah, I think I had a thirty out six on that kit on that hunt. Yeah, I had a thirty out six on that hunt. Jeez. And he still got up. I actually heard a story about somebody that was archery hunting a pig and shot it in one ear and the arrow went out the other and didn't touch nothing but cartilage and the pig just yeah. off with an arrow yeah. hanging out of his head. Wow. Mm. We could solve hunger in the United States if we killed enough boars. Oh, I know. <laughs> if we, I mean, you can literally just don't tell people it's boar and feed them. There's a lot <laughs> yeah. of people, man, that are like, oh, I would never eat venison. It's delicious. Yeah. Don't tell them it's venison. They're like, oh my gosh, that's yep. amazing. It, and a wild pig yep. looks exactly like Publix pig. It does. Yeah. Nice and white. Yep. Maybe a little more chewy. And of course, you got to take it up. Very lean. One, 147 minimum because the trichinosis is Yeah. Sure. But I love wild pig, man. That's I what did. I was telling them on a podcast a while back, too. Uh, I went up to uh, Georgia for a buddy's bachelor party and he shot an armadillo. And we, yeah, we were all heavily intoxicated and uh, decided we were going to skin and smoke the armadillo. Oof. It actually turned out really good. So let me tell you, remember in college, Alex Tavares, and uh, yeah. shout out to Alex and Eric Rodriguez. Eric had a bear claw trap. He was just a wild animal of a caveman. And he set it out in the backyard one day. And I'm like, dude, we're going to step on this one night drunk. He's like, no, you're not, no, you're not. And we heard it one night. It just clapped. And he caught an armadillo. And that had to be the most repulsive thing I've ever watched. I didn't, I was like, I'm not touching this thing. I'm not eating it. I'm not doing anything. All the fat. No, it's a possum. Oh, it was a possum. That's a whole different It was a possum. It was a possum. It wasn't an armadillo. I've eaten possum too. But yeah, did you eat the possum when you killed it and skinned it and see all that fat that's inside? I was there for that. Briar wasn't there for that. We were out small game hunting one day and man, I couldn't have been any older than 15. Right. They could have cooked uh, that a lot better. We were out there just hunting all day and seeing these little... If you go squirrel hunting enough, there's a bunch of uh, Asian guys. I don't know exactly what part of Asia they're from. Right. But uh, they managed to absolutely slay some squirrels. And I mean, the weather could be... Yeah, the weather could be absolute crap and they're going to limit out. Wow. And... uh, they were out there cooking a bunch of squirrels, and all we had in the truck was possum. <laughs> we're like, well, let's either leave or eat the possum. And like, Briar was on his way. So he said, we'll cook this possum up. Skinned it out, cooked it over a campfire. No spices or nothing. No. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, just, I mean, like, washed it off in the in the Blackwater Creek What did River. you do with the fat? Because I was so repulsed in college when I saw that going down. I just went back to my room. I was like. Man, I don't even remember. And then they tried to serve it I to me know, with rice, and I'm like, I'm good. I just know we cleaned it up and, like, stuck a stick through it and cooked it over a fire. I mean, it wa- wasn't terrible. It wasn't anything that I would probably go eat again without right, seasoning. Right, but right, right, right. They told me it was squirrel. Okay. And I saw the size of the piece of meat. Uh-huh. Like, that ain't no squirrel. I'm like, 
this ain't no squirrel. This don't look like no squirrel. And I tried it. I'm like, mm, definitely not squirrel. <laughs> no. So those gentlemen you're talking about, you around Central Florida. I believe that they are actually Hmong. H-M-O-N-G. Yeah. They are from Vietnam and Laos. Yeah. Because I've chatted a little bit with them. If you ask them, someone will tell you that they lay ocean. Someone will say that they're Vietnamese. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've chatted them up. They're nice. I was very, very polite, but I've never gotten into in-depth conversation. And I might be wrong. They may not be Hmong, but because sometimes, or they may very well be some of those guys in the ocean, some are Vietnamese. But they are, and they are some hardcore small game hunting motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, you like got everybody said, else dude, dragging in two squirrels. These guys show up at yeah. 12. You're like, it, it could be pissing. Manufacturing yeah. them out there? <laughs> I think the first time I saw a big old squirrel was with you in South Georgia. Was it a fox? Was it a fox yeah, squirrel? Yeah, fox squirrels. Fox squirrel. I was like, that's a big old squirrel. You know what's tradition? You can shoot though. those in South Georgia too. Yeah. He started the tradition. Florida. If I ever go with him hunting, Jim started the tradition that I always talk about. You take the liver out, soak it in milk, season it, and fry it right there. That's the first thing we eat every time I've been with him hunting. Yeah, I always go for the heart. Not, not attended. I not have most, an most of that elk goes heart. to Boudin. One of my buddies and uh, where's he at? I'm thinking, I'm thinking of you, Derek. I'm thinking of you. No, he's in Colorado, North Dakota or South Dakota. Okay. And he goes elk hunting and he sent me a an elk heart and a bunch of other parts of the elk. Should have sausage. I should have brought it. I should, it. This thing was, it's this big. It's in my freezer. It's like this big. But then again, elk are as big as oh, half, yeah, half they're of huge. this room. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to probably cut it up and add it to chili or something. Yeah. We had some deer heart that day, the same day we cooked that squirrel. Yeah, probably. Brought some deer heart out, and them guys were like, we had a couple other guys that we, we'd kind of parked in an area, and uh, there were a few other people that parked there. We're all walking in separate directions, mm-hmm. but we were cooking up, and they're like, man, oh, if you're having food, I'll eat some of it. How'd you cook it? Bacon grease. Just, yeah, we're just doing bacon grease. Jim's go-to. Yeah, I, 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 That's I, our go-to in the woods, man. You cook bacon in the morning, yep. eat some bacon, cook everything else in the grease. And I've got we a do. little bacon jar on my stove. What's the What's the name of that deadly sandwich that we make that's like got... Oh, the it's half the moon half sandwich. moon. Half moon. What is it? Oh, my gosh. You have to have... Briar, tell them about the half... Because the half moon is named Briar, after... Briar's last I, name I, is Moon, so... I'll give you... That's my middle name. Middle. Or middle name, yeah. Anyway, so I'll give you the recipe. You take... You fry your bacon, fry up a couple eggs. Okay. And you take the honey bun and you fry it in that bacon Not grease. a honey bun, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And then you make the sandwich. Add a little cheese on it if you want. Mm-hmm. I do, but so, we, yeah. it's we a, made it's we a made honey some, bun on the bottom. Like, Dang. You'll eat one and then you'll be like, oh my goodness. I yeah. feel Ready sick. For a nap. It's <laughs> going to a diabetic coma. But it's good. Thing. Yeah. It's it's a honey bun on the bottom that's been fried in bacon grease. And then you got bacon and then an egg, however you like it. I normally do over easy. Yeah. The egg was also in the bacon grease. Right. Yeah. And then you throw some cheese on there, and then you put another honey bun that was fried in bacon grease on top, and then eat it like a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. And that's like the that's starter version, because those ones delicious. we made in Kentucky, what else? They had bacon. Oh, my God. They ham, had spam, spam. Spam. Like, I think they even had some Vienna sausages. <laughs> Dude, we had, nice. this was like a meat pile between- wow. And Between, you think, yeah. Oh, you think you look at oh it and you're like, man, God. I'm going to eat a couple of those. And you eat one and you're like, nope, I'm stuffed. Mm-hmm. My favorite part of hunting with Jim is going to the gas station and eating afterwards or before <laughs> and after. Gas just, station food's a staple of hunting. It's mm-hmm. the best. Yeah. Best biscuits and gravy, biscuits and gravy you'll ever have. And then the fried chicken. 
ridiculous. Yeah, that's a what's that's that? A, what, what is that gas station up there that you go to? It's one of the Aidens, the Aiden, specifically so the Aidens in Broxton. And I, I hate to do this to them, but man, they're they're cooking talent ain't what it used to be. Oh, really? Been disappointing the last season. Pandemic too. disappointment. Yeah. Yep. But uh, when you get it right, it's still good. But it ain't what it, it was. It was so good. The hot links were good up there too. Yeah. Fried. Jim and I would sit up there after hunting. You know, coming out after the, the morning hunt, we'd go up there and sit and eat and talk for hours. Yep. It's kind of funny Meet how locals. No matter what hunting group you talk to, if you got a group of guys that hunts together, all of those guys have a specific gas station that's yep. near them. Yep. That they like that certain food from that one gas station. They're like, man, if you stop here in the morning before you hunt, you stop yep. after the hunt. You eat. Oh. Yep. And that was the trip with the hitchhiker. Was the lady that was in some kind of trouble walking down the road? Uh, she, had her her her. she had her kid. She had her kid. We did because she had she hiked down the road with a kid. But I, I th- you helped. You, you were. We did help her. But after we were done, I was like, mm, there's a few things there. I think she might have been waiting for us to make her an offer. Oh, I, yeah. know, I didn't get that vibe. Yeah, you know, like man. put the kid in the bed of the truck, and she was definitely trying to milk us for batteries and whatever to fix her car. Yeah, that's but, right. Yeah, well, where'd we take her that day? No, somewhere near the gas station, cause... Napa, and then finally to Walmart. And remember, she the weird thing is she went into the the Wendy's. You ran her all She was there that's like twenty right. minutes. I forgot about the Wendy's. Yeah, and that's and she came out and she her attitude was a little changed. I was like, mm. she might have been in the bathroom. And then when we got remember when we back, <laughs> she was in the bathroom when we went. <laughs> When we went back to her place, the first thing to, to fix, to put the battery yep. in, first thing she did is sent the kid inside. And and that's when I was like, mm. I didn't even pick up on that. Oh, I did, man. I was like, we get to go. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I remember the car was full with just stuff. Yeah, she had a whole hard luck story about some of the guys yeah. she had made an arrangement yeah. with. Yeah. Anyway, it's too bad. Hunting stories. Yeah. <laughs> Hunting stories. But I don't we, know that I have any hunting stories that involve gentlemen. hitchhikers. Only with Jim. Kinds of I only happens with Jim. Sometimes I think when I tell you some of these wacky shit that things happen. I was going to say, Jim, I know you're Jim like, has, yeah. and I'm like, oh yeah, that shit all happened, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jim has some. Jim has some wild stories that have happened. Yeah. The don't tell my mom is the best that I've heard yeah. so far. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard that story. You can tell me offline. I will. That's been on the podcast a couple of times. <laughs> Don't Michelle, tell my mama. Shit, this weekend, we, yeah. last night, we, we took Great. our, Michelle and I took our friend Amy out to, um, um, oh, forget that restaurant's not getting a prop, um, not Jolly Gator, the other direction, up to, to, to up till, um, up to DeBerry. What is that called? Swamp House. Swamp, oh, man, I love Swamp House. Quick run to the Swamp House, and we're coming back and share, you know, I was like, well, over there, you know, that's in... You know, and Hinga, and that's a heron. Oh, look at that. It's a kite. And, you know, Michelle's like, Jim's got all kinds of stories on the river. We're talking about alligator hunting. And all of a sudden, my wife, of all people, busts out with, Tell Amy about, don't tell my mama. <laughs> 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 the, the very short version is a girl riding versus cowgirl. We were alligator hunting, and my buddy lighting her up with a, Jason Gonder lighting her up with a bazillion candle watt spotlight in her. Gonder? Yeah, just going uh, and yelling, no, tell my mama. Oh, my it's God. It's funnier than that. <laughs> Gonder's a wild man. Yeah. No, you know, it's funny is between some of the fraternity stories and things that we had from back in the day, like, I don't need to make shit up. Yeah, no. Right? You know. So. No, we have some crazy stories. Some I can't even repeat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sexual chocolate. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of them. That's one of them. One of us is sexual chocolate. I'll let you get I'll it. I'll let you get it. It You're from the Caribbean, I can only mm-hmm. guess. Not only that, Kurt's from the Caribbean, of course, and you look at him, man, he's a pimp, right? He is, <laughs> he is technically Trinidadian. Technically, I'm Trinidadian, yes. Uh, Trinidadian. Born in Trinidad, dual citizenship. Yeah. So. I was living in, well, I was living in my mom's belly in St. Croix. And at the last minute, she told my dad, she was like, I want to go back to Trinidad and have him with my mom. And she flew back pregnant, had me, and then flew back a month later to back home with my dad. <laughs> Don't ask me why. <laughs> but it's a blessing. Can... That way I have dual citizenship. Now, so. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. You make Trinidad. Some, yeah. You make some mean ass spices oh, and that yeah. barbecue sauces. Uh, that's, that's some good oh stuff. Do some air fryer wings. Toss them in that sauce. Yeah. Look up my. Go to my YouTube channel. Look up the air fryer crispy wing recipe. Yeah. If you have an air fryer, if you don't, you can do oh, it. Oh yeah, anything. I got an air fryer. And it's cornstarch or baking powder, and you yeah. add that to the. Then you add the seasonings. Then you, they come out crispy. But put them on a wire rack in the fridge for at least four or five hours. And for some reason, the chemical reaction with cornstarch. That's before you cook them. Before you cook them. Okay. So you'd put the wings in a bowl, put some corn, two tablespoons of cornstarch on there, pick whatever seasoning you want, put them on a wire rack in the fridge so it gets full circulation air around it. Then they come out dry. And the drier they are, the crispier they are when they come out the air fryer. I was a game changer. I can you do them on the grill the same way? Yep. Or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Grill, smoker, pellet grill, anything. You can even deep fry them. You can deep fry them that way. I got a buddy that's heavy on some wings, so I'm going to have to put him on this. Yeah. Get him on the channel and have him look it up on YouTube. But it's it's a game changer. The other thing you can do without baking powder and cornstarch is just salt them. Yeah. And leave them in the fridge salted. Not a lot of salt, but just enough. It pulls all that fat out. It pulls the moisture out. Yeah, pulls the moisture out. The reason wings don't get crispy is because they're wet. They have to be dried out. Yeah. I'm going to have to try that. It's really good. It's really good. I don't know what it is about cornstarch. I remember, though, like I watched one time on uh, Mythbusters when I was a kid where they took a bunch of cornstarch and water. And like cornstarch and water, you can, if you like take your finger and you poke it really hard, Uh it's hard. I didn't know that. Yeah. But then if you like slowly sink your finger into it, it's like a liquid. Never knew that. They filled a hole like someone pulled up with it and tried to run across it. I think they call it an in. It's, is it an indeterminate liquid or indeterminate solid? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I no idea. SAT boy. Quicksand. Same thing. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Like chili putties. The same thing. I forget what they call it, too. Yep. That's awesome, though, man. I love this. Uh, this island time you got here in the bag. My gosh. It's going to be one of your favorites. Yeah. Cut potatoes up. Put that on there, too. I think everything. Ooh, yeah. Everything. I, I just... Uh, I'm kind of an experimental cooker, Me, man. too. I, yeah. Mm. I, I like to... Just kind of throw some stuff together. I'm like, yep. oh, this kind of sounds pretty good. Throw it together. If it yep. ain't good, you tweak it. Right now, I've got some stew meat defrosting right now at home. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this? I don't know. But as soon as I pull it out, and I'll just be like, yeah, here's what I got. I have an idea what I want to make a rice bowl, like a cauliflower rice with the stuff. And then add some wean onions and make it all pretty. But then I'll start cooking. I'm like, nah, I ain't doing that. Yeah. And I'll change it up at the last minute. I have so, on my notes, I probably have. 200 recipes that I think of while I'm doing nothing and I write them down and I never remember to go back to my notes when I'm starting to cook. That's funny because I carry around my notes section of my own phone too. Yeah. And people are like, oh man, can I get the recipe? I'm like, yeah. Boom. I'm like, you carry it in your phone? I'm like, yeah. 
Doesn't everybody? Yeah, I do. <laughs> real, real, real men do that cook. Yeah, because, well, not only that. I, like, <laughs> well, I've been at work today. We had pheasant cacciatore, right? Right. So By the I've way, been, that was delicious. Thank you very much. I've been dicking around with that, and all of a sudden today I threw eight ounce can of eight ounce can of mushrooms in there, and the, I didn't. I, I never thought of. I know, like usually I'll go to like maybe a little Worcestershire, or a little umami to cut uh-huh, the acidity, uh-huh. and I forgot to throw that in there. But yet the acidity was cut, and the only thing I could figure is the mushrooms. Mushrooms sucked probably it up. did it. But you'd think they'd be in the mushrooms, maybe not. But. Also, probably the long braids you did too took all that gaminess out of it. Uh, no, oh, you know what? The, tomatoes. The, pheasant. the tomatoes. Tomatoes. Well, no, tomatoes are acid. Yeah, the tomatoes. Yeah, tomatoes add right. acid. Yeah. I was worried about it being a little too acidic, but no, I don't it wasn't. Think it was. It was nice and smooth. No, it wasn't. Yeah, but, it was really great. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but the whole, I was kind of going with the whole story. Part of the reason I carry things on my phone is because you make something. Mm hmm. And like it's good, and sometimes I'll be like, you know what, that needed that needed a little more salt, a little less salt, or needed more liquid, and you just be like, click, click, you just put it in there, and you try it again, and then, and and you fine tune things a little bit. Yep. And and then eventually you hit on, especially man, sausage making, like you could take somebody's recipe off the internet. I, I, I don't think there's ever been a human being alive, except for me, that actually shows you the goods. Right on the, they, they yeah. always leaving something out. Yeah. Or they yeah. change the recipe a little bit. You yeah. gotta figure out what it is, you know, and uh especially when it comes to like moisture content and things like that. So you could take a recipe like that and you can make it I would encourage everybody, make it exactly the way the that the person says. is. And if it it's probably not gonna be exactly to your taste, but then think about what's missing. Is it too bland, add a little salt. Or it's too salty, obviously take some out. Is it dry? You got to figure out a way to add moisture. And it's just, and usually, especially with a lot of stuff, it's not, I mean, it's, it's not like you need to add a tablespoon of salt. It's like you need to add a quarter tablespoon of salt. Or Do you add thing. sugar to your, like, meat sauce or pasta I don't add sauce? sugar to nothing. Really. I, I take that back. I add a I do put sugar, sugar in spaghetti sauce. Spaghetti sauce, sauce yeah. Um, and, oh, man, I'm giving another way another one, man. I'm like chili. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's a regular batch of chili, like pound, pound and a half of meat. And you right. put all your stuff in there. Oh, I almost want to give it away. Tablespoon of sweet relish. Interesting. Yeah, it cuts the acidity. Interesting. Right, and I've had people say there's something you know, but oh, by the way, one time I thought when I was young, I thought, well, if one tablespoon is good. Two tablespoons, then you get fucking baked beans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, I got a secret ingredient in my baked beans. First of all, every, you ever make pulled pork before? Yes. Uh, no. No? Okay. Yes. I don't care if you're feeding 50 people, 100 people, you will always have at least five pounds of pulled pork left over every time. So what I tell people is get a little freezer. What, what's it called? The, uh, you suck all the air out of it. You put oh, the like a yeah, vacuum, uh, vacuum, vacuum sealer. sealer. Yeah. Put it in there, like one pound leftovers. And when I make baked beans, just get the bushes, take two big cans, throw it in there, take your pulled pork out of the freezer, chop it up, add your seasonings, whatever you like, whatever you put in your pulled pork, but then get one potato, one potato, one big nice potato, and cube it up and throw that in there. Believe it or not, it melts down and the starch in the potato thickens that bean up, the beans up to where it's actually like a meal. Like, you mm. are full when you eat just the baked beans alone. Wow. Yeah, but pulled pork and baked beans, best thing Absolutely. Ever. Best I'm going to have ever. to try that. I haven't That's made you mentioned bushes and baked beans. I you have a pellet bushes. Grill. Yeah, yeah, bushes. I'll take a sponsorship. I'm out here. Yeah, I don't care. It, to me. I'm by myself most of the time. 
Like, if somebody shows up with a can of baked beans and it's not bushes, I'm like, what, are you broken? Yeah, what are you thinking? What is this great value crap you're, play, you're playing? Yeah. Up but, yeah, man, the bushes. You got to use bushes. There's a couple things you don't make. Like, you notice my barbecue sauce is a combination of wing sauce, barbecue sauce. I won't make a barbecue sauce because why? There's sweet baby rays out there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> sweet baby rays has got it perfected. I'm not doing anything yeah. else. You know, like, yeah. And it used to be like, remember back in the day when Kraft made barbecue sauce and it was garbage, nope. but it was the best thing ever? Really? I thought it was the best thing Who's ever the guy? back when um, I was a kid. It's his Stubbs. 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 I am a chef. He's the king. That's He's the, the guy, king. man. He's the king of sauces. Stubbs. I'm a huge fan of a good, uh, I guess some people call it like a king sauce, but like a, a good King's. mustard sauce. I love King, mustard sauce. King's oh isn't mustard. It's more and I'm going to give a shout out to a company right now. Bart, I thought, Carolina. I think I'm probably not going to say the name right, but they make it's called Bone Sucking Sauce. Yeah, have you heard I think of it? I've seen that. Bone yeah. sucking sauce. Bone yeah, sucking sauce. That, that that Carolina sauce is the best. Yeah. And y'all that shop at Publix, when you go to the hot deli tray, there is a vinegar sauce in the little packets that they give you when you buy chicken tenders or whatever. Their vinegar sauce in there is amazing. I don't know mm-hmm. where they get it from, whose it is, if it's put in their package, but it's really good. What state's got the best barbecue? Oh, that's a good question. So there's Carolina, there's Texas, there's because you know there's only like. For regions of barbecue, right? There's you Memphis, Texas, you got Texas, Memphis, Carolinas, and then you have your Midwestern. I don't know how you put Carolina in barbecue. Oh, South Carolina. Home, I know South it's Carolina, all about the mustard. Pork, 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 pork. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. And I tease them because the, the one thing they got, they have this thing, this hash, where they just, I don't know what it is, man. It's just, it's just not good, but they love it. Oh, is that the, uh, no, that's not, that's up north. I'm thinking of. Pork rolled or something. It's a like mushy that. slush they put over rice. I'm like, you like this stuff? No, I've never, never had that. Um they'll swear by it. Oh, it's the greatest. I think the purest barbecue is Texas. Yeah. It's salt and pepper. I mean, pretty much. And mesquite. And mesquite and post oak. Yeah. Mm. Um I like Carolina. I like the region of Carolina's their sauce because it's a it's a mixture. You have the mustard. Well, what you have there's the east and there's west Carolina. Right, you got red or you got you got mustard. red or you got mustard. Yeah. yeah, I'm more of a I like mustard, but if I had to pick a kind of sauce, I like tomato based sauce with like that sweet kick to it. Yeah, um, that's you're not a hot guy. Not nope, nope, huh. nope, not at all, not at all. Don't do hot, don't do heat. But um, yeah, I like Car- I think I'd go with Carolina barbecue. Wow, man, that's yeah. the, that's the bottom of the barrel and for me. You know, like Georgia has their own thing, but I don't know if Georgia really. Are they really known as a regional barbecue? Not it's really. It's like Florida barbecue. Yeah, right? it's not really camp. regional. Um, I do like Memphis style ribs, though. Yes, I will yeah. agree with you I on like that. That whole big yep. belly on it. That's, yep. They gotta have the belly. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. I'm just, to me, when it comes to barbecue, I'm just a massive, and like you said, it's probably Carolina. I'm a massive, like, mustard. I love a good mustard sauce. Yeah. You know what? Uh, good barbecue does not need sauce. In my opinion. I agree, 100%. I do my ribs dry. Mm-hmm. I also do my wings dry. I'm a dipper. Yeah. yeah. yeah if you want to dip a little bit in sauce, yeah. yeah, but, yeah. Uh, to me, I don't slather my ribs sauce. up with, with sauce on them. Never. I like them dry. All right, so how about... Bucky's brisket. Where are you on it? Never tried it. Nope. I'm going to say it's good if you've never had good barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody loves a sandwich and I'm like you know what I eat this but I'm like that is basically the same sauce that if you go to Publix yep. and buy yep. like 
their ribs. Oh no, no, I was going to say ribs. it's like just whatever generic bucket of of like barbecue. It's Yankee right. barbecue, right. right? Where it's it's just like little itty bitty bits of pork or whatever, and it's a little tangy. And when I was I was eating this, I, I'm like, I've tasted this before. I'm like, wait, that's the generic barbecue sauce that you yep. get in the bucket. And, yep. and people love that thing. And I mean, I'm like, well, it's, it you is good, but they're, like, more it's of not. A, they're more of an attraction than a barbecue joint. Of course. Yeah. They're more of an attraction. I mean, and you can't tell some people that that stuff ain't good. They'll, right, but people are like, oh, you. they love that. Bris-. I'm like, they'll well, that's because you. it's brisket. Yeah. But that's not go good wrong. brisket. It's not good no. brisket. No. Sorry, it's the, the, they, they do a great this. job with the texture. I mean, for what it is, yeah. it's, it's good. But for fast food brisket at 13 bucks a sandwich. It's taken 13 hours to cook that thing, right? Yeah. They don't have 13 hours to create all that food. They have to do it fast. Well, that's the other thing, too, is I'm like, where are those brisket sandwiches coming from? Because I do not smell smoke. I, nope. <laughs> Dude, you nailed on something. So think back to when we were coming up. What was the only barbecue place in Orlando we'd go to? Sonny's. Yeah. Right? They boil the ribs. Well, yeah. I, well, I came to find them. out that all they're doing is reheating that on that little thing that would roll around in the back kitchen you'd see. And then there's a place where I live. We'll leave it, leave it nameless. I went there twice and I'm like, why do I not like this place? And then I was driving by it one day and I'm like, I've never seen smoke come out of that building. I've never seen smoke come out of this damn restaurant. They would, sometimes you'll smell the smoke and that was just to draw people in. But I don't think they were actually cooking it on a smoker in the restaurant. Got it. Yeah. My two most interesting barbecue stories are from back, back when we were in school. Mm-hmm. We used to go to Sonny's and get the all-you-can-eat chicken. Oh, and then, heck yeah. And not let the waitress take the chicken bones away. So we would just pile up these carcasses. Really. <laughs> <laughs> but the other one was uh, was the first time I had authentic Jamaican barbecue in, in Orlando made by Jamaicans. Was it Jerk Hut? Uh, no, it was, it's a place out of business now. It's on, on Colonial Drive out in West, out in the Pine Hills area. We stopped in there. And, oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I got... Um, I got a mixed plate of goat and chicken. Mm. And it was the first time that I realized that Jamaican people do not cut up a chicken like the rest of the world. No, we, they don't follow the lines. They just, there's a chicken starting, chop, chop, start chopping with the cleaver, yep, man. It's a cleaver. It's a cleaver and it's the best. It's and, so good. And, and there's a foot in that thing. Man. It's so good. So, yeah. Yep. But it was the sauce. That's I didn't bring jerk sauce. seasoning. I should have brought that for y'all. Yeah. Mm. I have jerk seasoning. I Someone like challenged that. me because usually jerk seasoning is wet. Yeah, to marinade that you put on your meat, let it sit there, and someone challenged me to make it dry. Can, can you make it as a powder? And I'm like, yeah, challenge accepted. Thirteen ingredients. Some of that. Thirteen ingredients to make it one bottle of jerk seasoning. Mm-hmm. It's to be authentic. To be authentic yeah. was thirteen wow. ingredients in there. There's a really good restaurant. Uh, speaking of like barbecue, uh, in Lake County called Sully's. Okay. Sully's makes it Leesburg? really good. I guess it's technically Leesburg, yeah. It's I think kinda, I know what we're It's, it's about. right over Pretty by Duristress. Yeah, we're thinking the same place. Yeah. Sully's makes a really good barbecue. They're pretty good. And it's just a little small, I mean, There's small a restaurant. And, and there's smokers literally like, it's it's in like a little tiny, maybe like four building, like four office uh, strip mall. Mm-hmm. And their smoker literally sits right on the side of the restaurant. That's perfect. You can see him smoking and stuff right there. Those are the best places to yeah, go That's amazing. If you see the smoker on the sidewalk chained to a pole or something, that's where you want to stop. Yeah. Especially with barbecue. Best ribs I think I've ever had off a of barbecue were sold by a fellow. On the side the, of the road? In, in the neighborhood right next to Ray J in Tampa. We were just walking back to our car. 
Guy had him. West Hadley, yeah. That, it's now called Midtown. <laughs> if y'all could see Jim right now, you'd die. <laughs> I'm munching on some spaghetti left over from the... <laughs> but I mean, just a dude cooking ribs yeah. out in the street. The bomb. I used to swear by 321 ribs, where it's, you smoke them for three hours, wrap them for two hours, and then unwrap them and smoke them for another hour. Is there a better way? Hmm. Yeah, just cook them unwrapped and just go... Yeah? Just go... Go a higher temperature and just go unwrapped, spritzing every hour. Every hour, just spritz it with whatever you want. I mean, what, so what's your favorite thing to spritz them with? Apple juice and bourbon. Bingo. Apple, juice, apple and bourbon. juice and bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Apple juice and bourbon or just apple juice or just bourbon. Um, if I'm out, so, of, if I mean, I'm out like, of anything, I'll use Dr. Pepper. If you're saying apple juice and bourbon, like what's your apple juice to bourbon ratio? It'd be more apple juice than bourbon. You yeah. want because alcohol burns off, right? So yeah, you, you put like a shot, shot or two of bourbon mm, in a. So if you're using a twelve ounce can, let's pretend, I would say two ounces of bourbon, three ounces of bourbon, and the rest apple juice. Speaking of bourbon, give me a spritz. <laughs> he wants a spritz <laughs> of bourbon. Where'd the shot glass go? It's right there it's next to cup. the logic card, right there. I can't see it now. What do you want, that logic card? I'm gonna try some of that tin cup. Tin cup. It's good stuff. Nice. Taking my life into my own hands here in the podcast. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Who made this for y'all? I just got a bunch of these handmade from Weber. Man, I couldn't tell Weber you. That would be it. a good question for William, and I'm sure he'll be, uh, when we finish out the podcast, William will probably be outside with us. All right. Uh, he should be back from work. When I stepped out earlier to get a beer, uh, Amanda said he had just finished up with work and he should be home in about 10 minutes. And that Thank was, you, sir. That was probably 20 minutes ago. So I would do a shot, but I'm driving back two hours tonight. Mm. Yeah, Not I don't blame it. you there. Yeah, and I got gotta let the dog out. He can go 12 hours without doing anything. He's never actually done anything in the house, I, but uh, yeah, I don't don't want my boy being in pain. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the what's your tin cup versus your uh, Elijah Craig? Taste test. Yeah, I had them too far apart to really give you, but <clears throat> that night, I wasn't sipping. A, and by the way, when I drink whiskey, normally I'm not a shot guy. I sip. Yeah. Right. And uh, I, I do like meat. Um, I also prefer, depending on, like, man, you give me some Jack Daniels, that shit's going over ice. Right. <laughs> you know, but. For 100%, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, or keep it in the freezer to drink from the bottle. Yeah. So it, it was fine. You know, but there's so many people that get so into like, eh, it's almost like, it's almost become like. Wine snobs and the whiskey snobs. I'm like, oh, I have like, friends that spend so hundreds of dollars. I, hundreds I get a question. Oh, I know, but I just I don't like a whiskey that when I drink it, it's got a bite. It, it, it I don't like tasting tons of charcoal. Um, I do like something that I don't like. I don't like they really banging the back of the throat. It's kind of like there's people that drink scotch, and and like there's one at the uh, Ardveg. It's the peat monster. Dude, it's like you just took a bite of a peat bog. It, it's okay, like his little sippers, a gag, right. but I can't sit there and, 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 and indulge in an evening of Ardveg. It's just too peaty, right? Some, same thing can happen in whiskeys. And I like a lot of rye whiskeys because rye whiskeys tend to be smoother. But for a lot of people, they don't like rye at all. I don't all. like rye at all. You know, but rye is an acquired taste because I bought a bottle of rye because I wasn't sure. And the first time I drank it, I was like, oh, God. And I used to run in our deer camp, like, drink your rye. You have to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to get you, you know, drink yeah. your ration. And then all of a sudden, I started liking, then I started liking rye. It's like, it's like, it's an equation. What's, taste. what brand, like, your favorite rye? Man, I don't, um, 
uh, I don't think it's whistle. Not, you know, because I don't drink it. Okay. okay. I, yeah, that's a funny thing you're asking me. Like, you go like, through phases because you were a wine snob for a while. I'm, I'm a John Hetz wine snob. Is that John the guy Hetz? that would buy you to get the cases from and all? Yeah, that? because John knows what I like. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Jim is still a wine snob, and, and and I was totally against like, you know, you get like the cheap wines that are all right, and then you get like the more expensive wines. Right. I would say that that kind of and it, and it maybe depend on the color of the wine, but it kind of dries your mouth out. Well, Pinot's will right. do that. Yeah. yeah. But then, like, Jim brought in some wine and, like, paired it with a proper food. And it was a drier wine that you brought in. Yeah. But paired with the proper food, I, I could get into wine as long as it's paired with the proper food. I yeah. like wine. I, I like wine. Um, I went through a wine phase. Went through a beer phase. That's probably high school and college. But now I'm more of a bourbon whiskey guy. Well, I went through pretty much a dry phase, so I started hanging out with these knuckleheads again. Next thing you know, I'm <laughs> drinking like a fish. Back to chewing tobacco, you know. But. So, I do want to say, and I'm just kind of, like I said, I'm 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 like an experimental cooker, right? Mm-hmm. So, I'm holding this bottle of 10 cup, and you think when you do a brine, right, you mix it, a, a brine is obviously a liquid. Yep. Liquid, salt, and, sh- and yeah. uh, so sugar. So, how would, how do you think, you probably use a cheaper whiskey, and you get people to get mad at you. But uh, parent like a whiskey as your liquid and a brine. You can do that. Yeah, I would. Wa- I'd water it down. Yeah, but you can do that because it depends on how big of a thing you're brining too, right? Yeah. If you're gonna do a twenty pound turkey for Thanksgiving, yeah. I mean, if you do something like a small chicken or something like that, a small chicken. Yeah, you could probably do half that bottle, half water, and then the brine. Yeah. I, what does that say on there? Is it two cups of water? Uh, let's see. You know, if you're gonna use the whiskey on the chicken, uh, you know where I'm going, man. A little bit of butter, <laughs> some heavy cream. Yeah, throw your whiskey. In whiskey there. cream sauce. Whiskey man. cream sauce, man. You, <laughs> you, love your, you, you can't go wrong with a whiskey cream sauce. Yeah. Jim thought it's crow in a whiskey cream sauce, and it was man. good. Half cup of mix and uh, 32 ounces of water. 32 ounces of water. So you figure half that bottle, and then the rest of it water. Yeah. I did a video. I feel like um, you'd want to use a real oaky yeah, kind of whiskey. Something that'll just get in there. Yeah. Um, two Thanksgivings ago, I decided, hey, hold on. Why do people cook a whole turkey? I understand it's spatchcocking a turkey. It's easy to cook. It cooks faster. I'm like, why don't you just, if you know that your family, say that you have a family of four and no one likes white meat or no one likes dark meat, just buy the breast or just buy the dark meat, the legs, the thighs, the wings, whatever. And I did a video on, hey, here's how you don't have any leftovers, technically. Here's how you don't rip the skin off the turkey when you're carving it because it's already attached to these pieces. And I did an apple brine with that same brine, and I did it with apple juice. Mm. And it was delicious. And it was easy. And, I mean, if you're on a budget or not even on a budget, if you just don't want to waste food and you know your whole family likes dark meat, why are you buying the whole turkey? Yeah. Just get the pieces. When I was younger... I was all about chicken breast. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. it's because big piece of chicken on them. Now? No. No. Thighs. Yeah. You know well, what? Thighs. Or bone in chicken breast. Bone in. Oh, man. I eat all yeah. my chicken on a bone. There's nothing better than a bone in chicken breast. No, I agree. It cooks better. There's more forgiveness on the cooking like of it. Bone in chicken thighs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like people yeah. get That's... people get comfortable with what they eat, and they're just not willing to experiment when it comes to And there's so many times where you, like, Talking about like mixing, mixing whiskey with right. wine. There's so many stuff where you could just experiment and be like, 
Okay, wow, that was. Yep, that was so, really good. Some folks, some folks go bananas with brines. Like, I've seen people brine pork butt. I'm like, why? No, no, no. What I mean is, what they put in it is like, dude, that's not water soluble. It ain't getting in there in the brine. Yeah, I mean, you like put what, on, like peppercorns and all that. I think peppercorns are, and I, and I know juniper certainly is. Yeah, because like, I can taste it. But yeah. like, I don't know. I mean, you get people like putting sesame seeds or something like that. Ain't that's going not going to do it. Like, ain't so, to it anyway. Usually, in my brine, you're putting in. I'm putting in rosemary, thyme, citrus, like yeah. orange, lemons. Well, you got to crack your peppercorns. Rosemary's always a good yeah, shot. Yeah, you got to crack them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but citrus usually lemon and orange, and then rosemary and like thyme. Yeah, and just let it sit in there. Lots of oranges, so good. So, yep. so why would you not brine a pork butt? I don't see why. It's the, what, it's the fattiest cut of meat. It's look, it's you cook it low and slow. It's already juicy as hell. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why would you want to draw the moisture out of a? You pork don't want butt? to draw the moisture. Out it's, of the the opposite. it's the opposite. Most of the yeah. time, you draw brines draw moisture out of the meat, mm-hmm. and and the salt starts to break down the protein. That's the big secret, right? The salts are starting, and I feel, there's a term I can't remember, but it, it's breaking down. The protein bonds in the meat; it is making it more tender, right? And and in the salt also. When you think about getting, and I'm really geeking out, right? No, you're because cells are all full of water, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever you suck that water out of, you're weakening the cell and dry, and then you end up with this nice, and and you end up with a reverse osmosis thing, right? It's sucking the moisture into the meat. But anyway, um, I think the I've never had a pork butt come out dry. No, yeah, you can't. Uh, you brine them? Mm-hmm. Tell me, give me your steps. I, I might learn something today. So I um, brine for about twelve hours. Okay. And what? Salt, water, sugar. Salt, sugar, water. Okay. I do have some of that other stuff in there, but I didn't right. know any better. Right. Well, let's I might change the brine a little bit now. Mm-hmm. But I do. I brine about twelve hours. Put it on the pellet smoker to about one sixty-five, mm-hmm. and then I put it in like a pan. Yep. Cover with foil. Yep. Pour beer in there. Two hundred five. Pull it out. Now, let me tell you the step that everyone missed. And this is something that's 100% fact. Rest. Um, the rest. Yeah. And I what people forget is they need to I put it about in the a cooler. Put it in a cooler. Have a towel on the bottom. Yep. Put your full tray on top of the towel. Put a towel on top and shut the cooler. Yeah. Two hours minimum. If that stuff doesn't fall apart and fall apart, you did it all wrong. See, um, there's, I don't know. Pork is get... actually super, super, super easy to cook. It, um... Apparently, it's real forgiving because I've been doing a lot of stuff wrong. It is. Apparently. <laughs> no. It's, but and here's the thing about cooking. I've always brined it. I don't think there's it. a wrong in cooking. Um, oh, there's a wrong. Well, there's a wrong. drying out your chicken breast. <laughs> but, cooking the chicken breast at 200 degrees is wrong. Well done, duck breast. Wrong. Wrong. Well um, done, venison. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. I've never brined ribs. Um, I've never brined pork. I'll say yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but I'm, uh, sometimes I don't always get two hours rest time. I give it the two hours. Something, I'm running out of time toward the end. Well, see, the reason I give it the two hours, I have an I have an extra reason too. Usually, if I'm cooking something that much, I'm filming a video. Yeah, and people want the money shot at the end. The money shot is when you pull that pork out with your hands. Yeah, and it just crumbles, and I don't get that crumble if I don't put it in the cooler. Yeah, um, I I like to have at least twenty minutes. Twenty to rest it. Yeah, in the cooler, twenty yeah. minutes. That's pro- that's real short. I I like longer, half hour at least. Right. You pretty much nail the good. recipe. It's put it on, smoke it unwrapped to yeah. one sixty five, put it in the pan or wrap it in foil if you don't have a pan. Yeah. Two oh five, drop it in the cooler. I do wrap my ribs too. So how long do you have it on there for two oh five? Temperature, not time. Temperature. Yep. 
Temperature, not time. Yeah. So you're putting it back because on until the temperature the reaches 205. To get to 165, that could take three, four, or five hours. Because I, I, there's a thing called the stall. Yeah, it happens. And it, cap, it usually stops going up in temperature at 140. I don't know why the stall happens. 140, it's like it'll get to 140, 140 in like then it four just hours. Stops. And, yeah. And then it won't get to 165. But that stall could be two, three hours. And it's still cooking, but it's breaking down all the muscles and the tendons and all the stuff on the inside. And, and I really found, too, the longer you cook it wrapped, the, the softer better. it is. Yeah, the I agree. Better. Once you, you can wrap it at 150 if you want. Yeah. But 165 I, is the perfect wrap temperature. Once I, I Sometimes I don't always get 165, right. especially if I'm running out of time. Yeah. But I tell people if you're going to have pork butt for dinner, you better get it at 5 a.m. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I have a theory on the stall that. You put a piece of meat in there, whether it's room temperature cold, it's heating and it's heating and it's heating. And you mentioned about, so the heat's starting to break down the, the collagen fats, and all right? that. Yep. Well, what does that require? It requires energy. So all the, right now it's all going into the meat and the meat's absorbing, absorbing and then also you have a chemical process. That's happening, yeah. Right? And while that chemical, that, that stall is, that it's taking the energy and it's converting something from heating it up. To actually changing the molecular bonds, because right in during that stall, what happens in the stall? All of a sudden, you, right? You've got your you've got your your dripping pan. Yep. And what happens when that sucker leaves the stall? Yep. Right. Everything. Boom. Yep. I think I'm pretty sure that's what's happening. And then because right after, because once you you know we've all gone through it, it's stalled, and it's like, oh man, is this ever going? And then finally, all of a sudden, you go back to check the temperature. Like, Holy shit! I'm 175 yep. already. What happened? Yep. yep. Right. It's like you've blown right through it because now there's no more energy left to be absorbed. Exactly. Sucking that heat back. The other thing a lot of people do is they try to put more wood into anything, like a brisket or pulled pork or whatever. People need to realize that after two hours, you're not doing anything else. Now you're just getting this acrid, like, burnt wood taste after two to three hours. Your meat's not absorbing any more smoke at that point. Three hours is the max for any meat to absorb wood, in my opinion. I mean, there's... Many people out there that would disagree with me. I'm gonna go back to ribs. Mm-hmm. You said you just no Straight, wrap, no wrap. nothing. Yep. Do you have? Do you go by time on ribs or I go on temperature? Temperature as yeah. well on ribs. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Everything's temperature because I know that I I used to be a time guy in Florida for me and Lola and my family, right? Yeah. But I started when I started this company. I started getting emails and questions from around the world, like literally yeah. people in. Canada, people yeah. in Colorado, especially Colorado, the elevation's different. So. so do you do the same thing for ribs as far as, oh, you don't wrap, so. I don't wrap. I do, I mean, I'll wrap. I'll wrap, but if I, I won't do the three, two, one. That was popular for many, many years. Three yeah. hours unwrapped, two hours wrapped, one hour unwrapped. Yeah. And that last 10 minutes you put your sauce on. Yeah. By the way, whoever's listening, do not sauce your ribs at the beginning. <laughs> especially if you have sugar in your in your sauce the sugar's It'll gonna burn be it's gonna be terrible yeah, yeah. It's always sauce the last 10 minutes of your cook and let it tack up so are you putting your ribs on just to plain the, ribs if i'll do them yeah i'll peel no. well peel, peel the membrane off the back that's a must i mean you yeah can, absolutely. You, you, you can score it but i just spoon knife take it up and then gotta use a paper towel Pull it yep. all off in one one big pull. Um, season it. I let it rest for an hour before. Like I've, the meat sweats when that seasoning starts getting. Oh yeah, yeah. I like sticky. to about anything I cook meat. 
I'll, I'll, I'll let the season sit on there at yeah. least until it starts to sweat. Yeah, you got to have the meat spreads on there. You yeah. got to have that. And then um, you, I, if I were to do a wrapped ribs right now, what would I do? Pull off the membrane. I would season it, let it cook, and I'd get my smoker up to a steady temp of maybe 275, 300, and then let it smoke. How, how, how long before you put it on the smoker do you season your ribs or your meat? I think a lot, of, me, if I'm throwing a rack of ribs on at noon, I'll have it seasoned up by 9, 10 o'clock. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that going back to the salt breaks yeah, things down. Yeah, And And it takes a while for, I think that, I mean, you're even though you're smoking for a long time, I mean, it's like kind of help yourself out. It's like get it all seasoned. And you know yeah. what the two, if, you, if anybody, if you've ever paid attention, especially even if you use things like, you know, big chunky Montreal type seasoning, mm-hmm. big grains of salt. Yep. If you just put it on there and then throw it into your pan. It's going to come off. Right. But if you put it on there and walk away even for 20 minutes and you come back, lo and behold, it almost isn't like. It's almost not there. You'll see all the seasonings that aren't salt. Well, where's the salt? It's in the meat and it's working. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I like at least 20 minutes of seasoning on it. Yeah. And if I'm doing a ribeye. And I like doing ribos. Yeah. Um, like my, my man does tri-tip too. I'm I sorry. I do tri-tip. Yeah. yeah, I do love it. Now, tri-tip is not common in Florida. I, for a long time, I would have to ask Publix to get it, to bring it in for me or wherever. Um, tri-tip is not a California, I mean a Florida cut. It's a California cut. Hmm. You can find tri-tip for dog shit all over California. Here, it's probably, I don't even know right now with the pound per pound right now, but I'd say Tropic probably running damn near 15, 16 bucks a pound here in Florida. Mm. Wow. Well, ribeyes are darn near 12 now. 10, 12. So, yeah, beef shot up. Beef shot up, but it's a whole other conspiracy. So, we're about two hours in at this point. It's probably time to get into final thoughts. Yeah, and we're going to get into our final thoughts here. All right. One more thing. How do you cook your ribeye usually? I'll uh, reverse sear every time. Thank you. Reverse sear is the only way to cook a ribeye. It is. Yeah. So for the people that don't know what a reverse sear is. You can, so you get the, you get your ribeye cooked, not on direct heat to an internal temp of what you like. So I would then, if I'm on my smoker, I would have it indirect smoking without smoke up until about 120. Then I would pull it off, pull out my plate or for your, in your case, move the, slide over yeah and then sear it on both sides high high heat let it go on the other side i'll say two minutes per side once it's at 120 you'll get to 125 which is perfect medium rare and then you let it rest before you cut it but you're not bringing your grill to temperature with the steak on it yeah yeah, you're, you're pulling it off, bringing it. It's on the sm- yeah, yeah. It's on the smoker. You pull it off, yeah, and get it nice hot, and then, then put the steak on it. Or steak. if Otherwise, you want to do a making- really quick way, and you don't want to mess with the grill, you can literally for all people that don't have a grill, here's how you do it: put it in the oven, get it up to 120, get your cast iron skillet out, Bingo. and then sear it on I, the cast iron. I skillet. do the smoker. Yep, and then to the cast to the cast, cast iron. iron skillet. If you don't have cast iron, y'all, I'm gonna tell you that's one thing you need to own in your home. A nine-inch cast iron skillet. It'll last till your kids have kids, have kids, have kids. Mm-hmm. And one last yeah. thing, you, 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 everybody's like, you can't use soap and cast iron. 
Yes, you can. You can. If like, it's seasoned right. Since about 1960, it hasn't yeah. been a problem because yeah. nobody's put lye soap in their cast yeah, iron. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you can yeah. You can use soap and water as long as you dry it out and re-season it. Yeah. So what I'll do is rub it down with oil after I dry it out, stick it in my oven at 400 degrees. So what kind of oil are you putting in it? Doesn't matter. Olivio. I technically, that's a whole other topic, but I don't use any of the like canola or the vegetable. Mm. That's all just car lube. Um, olive oil or avocado oil is what I use. I started so, liking avocado oil. Avocado oil, it's got a high from my high burn time. Yeah, it's so good. You, if you don't want to put it in the oven, you can just heat it up on your stovetop. Yeah, and you know, don't leave a big glob in there because it'll get thick. But wipe it down nice and thin. Turn it yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Let it go. That. Bring it up until it starts to smoke a little bit. Yep. Turn your you know, oven. It's the nice thing about the oven is you can shut put it, it off. Just in, let it cool inside and out on your cast iron. Every now and then, when I want to do a power clean, well. Power reseasoning. I'll put the most non-seasoned ones in the oven, and I put the oven on soft clean when I'm cleaning the oven. And huh. it gets so hot in there, it'll just reseason it back to shiny in no time. That's mm. awesome. Yeah, I got a, a nice cast iron man. I can't remember who makes it. Uh, one Smithy. of our large Smithy. Smithy. Oh, Smithy. Smithy. One of our listeners uh, had one Sydney, and. Uh, we were out hunting. I think we were out hunting in Ocala. I was like, man, it's a really nice cast iron. He's like, yeah, man, I like it. And then came around, my birthday came around. He bought me one. And he gave it to me. And I got to, I was like, man, it's a really nice cast iron. I looked at it and I looked it up. It's like a $120 yeah. cast iron skillet. And I was like, Jesus, dude, you bought me this for my birthday? I was yeah. like, yeah. Cast iron's not <laughs> you are insane. Lodge is affordable. Lodge has been around. And that's what I use. It's yeah. rough. There's a company out of I want to say they're they're in the northeast somewhere. Um, oh lord, I forgot the name of them. They sent me two skillets and I'm forgetting the name of them. Um, forgive me. I, I'll I'll I, yeah, but they're they're also really good. Um, I like that Smithy how it's milled. I mean it it. So this the I looked up Smithy and what they do is they mill out the center of it. Yeah. It's a solid piece of cast iron. And then they mill out the center where you actually cook, so okay. it's, it's fairly polished on you. Yeah. Well, that, that's the that's the difference. Cause, and I, I mean, I've got a bunch of lodge stuff too. But once you <clears throat> you can get lodge seasoned, yeah, and it's but it's still the bottom of the pan mm-hmm. is still a little bit rough. You gotta you gotta cook with it for a while for it to yeah. really get scared. And but probably the best thing that anybody could do, man, if you're gonna once you've done your initial, let's say, in the oven seasoning. Just go get a pound of bacon. Yep. And just render that stuff till it's crispy. Swipe it out. Be done. Same with Blackstone yeah. griddles or any flat top griddle. Just cook bacon on it before you do anything. Bacon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bacon. It's cure all. My Blackstone has cooked so much bacon on yeah. it since I bought it. <laughs> I love Blackstone. All these new companies are coming out with grills, with griddles now. I got a little Blackstone, like it's a 22 inch or something yeah. like that. It comes in a little bag. It's got a top. I had the little it. 18 inch. I had 36 yeah. and then life changed. And uh, I went down to a little camping 18-inch, and That's it's perfect. What, yeah. It's perfect. That's all I need. William found one. He's got one outside the studio here. Does he? That somebody uh, threw out because the top was, like, rusted. It gets rusted, and they think yeah. it's over. Nope. He's like, nope. just refinish it. Just it's amazing. It. You, can, you can find an old piece of cast iron in a barn. And you mm-hmm. think, oh, that's just ruined. Dude, the, once the rust is on there, the rust actually protects the virgin metal underneath. I guess it still corrodes, but. I mean, you're talking decades. It's just you can find rust. this thing that looks just like it's all just rotted out. If there's not a hole clean through it, nope, you, you can it's still good. 
you can yeah you can and either electrolysis or you can sit there and grind it out. Okay, here it is. Let me think about this company. Is that them? No, that's Lodge. I want to give them a shout out because they make amazing cast iron. It's made here in the USA too. Oh, nice. But I can't. I think Smithy's in South Carolina. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Anyway. Well, Kurt, man, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Been a while since I've seen you. Yeah, it was fun. Love you. Got a two-hour podcast out of it. It's been there's been a lot of learning going here. I love it. I love it. It was great. It's great catching up with Jim. Great meeting you, brother, and you too, bro. It was a good time and. uh Everyone just try cooking. Try. I don't care. It doesn't matter Hallelujah. what you're cooking with. Just try cooking. Yeah. I was going to say my final thoughts can be don't don't be afraid to experiment. Man. Yeah. If you think it's going to taste good. Probably will. Shoot for it. Yeah. And the only person you're impressing is yourself and your family. Like, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. If yeah. your family don't, likes it, you're good. And, and if, it, if it's not spot on the first time, tweak it a little bit. Yeah. Don't be afraid to use some seasoning. Don't be afraid. Especially if you have a big piece of meat. And to my people it's that don't hard. season your chicken or your Please. meat, period, um, just start Please. Start with salt and pepper. <laughs> salt Thank and pepper, you. onion powder, and garlic powder. If that I'd the, say get you some Caribbean. Yeah. That could happen too <laughs> at www.caribeque.com. Yeah, I believe we'll, we can put uh, a link we'll in get the all your, We'll get your YouTube and yeah. all your social and everything. Thank and you, brother. We'll throw it in the uh, podcast description. This was amazing. This was really, this was actually my first podcast. Yeah. I've been awesome. on video stuff before, video interviews, but it's my first podcast and it was awesome. Awesome. That's been a blast, man. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, y'all have a good one. All right.